Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 5, titled Contrapasso, uh, which apparently is a Dante's Inferno thing. Oh, it's not the sequel to Contra? Involving running a <laughs> pasta factory that's trying to kill you? <laughs> no, it's not. Well, you could find the spread fire, but the Linguini's going to kill you. Uh, no, it has more to do with uh, punishments for your sins in mm. the afterlife, in hell. Um, essentially, it says it, it means literally to suffer the opposite, uh, which is interesting because in Dante's Inferno, they talk about it being a process um, either resembling or contrasting with the sin that you committed uh, during your life. So, so Satan has an Alanis Morissette style understanding of the of ironic punishments. Like, I, did I you have so, examples? Yeah. Like, if you were a glutton. Would yeah. you be starved? Would that be a contrapasso? Or you might be just overfed, like to the point of oh, of so it could brutality. be like it's, either it's one. Either, yeah, it's either or. So like um, a lot of the false prophets, I guess, were said to have their heads put on backwards so that they could, since they were always claiming to be able to see what's coming, <laughs> see what's ahead of them. Now you have to stare at now, your ass, right? Now they could only see what's behind them, and they were forced to walk backwards. Uh, stuff like that. Hmm. So I'm I'm not exactly sure how it ties in the episode. Obviously, it does. Uh, maybe we'll yeah, discuss that as who's we... getting a punishment. I don't know. Maybe the bots. Maybe Ford. Hmm. Ford. Ford might be getting a punishment. Uh, Teddy. Maybe... Teddy's gotten plenty. T- of punishment. Teddy's getting some punishment. <sighs> maybe the man in black that he's going to be cursed with getting exactly what he wants from the middle of the maze. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I so. But... It was interesting because last week I was feeling pretty good about taking all of the contrasting timeline theories, wadding them into a bowl, a big ball of tinfoil, and throwing them into the the bit bucket, okay, known as my trash, my, my digital trash can. Yeah. But this week I felt like you know there's always been some smoke around that, some hints, but I thought like there was some first real concrete. Um, you know, evidence like the show itself is starting to start start uh embracing the alternate timeline there alternate timeline there are two timeline that's a bad way to phrase it because we're not actually saying there's two timelines in a rick and morty sense happening of the word. simultaneously right what it's we're talking not. about is essentially large swaths of the show being an extended flashback to historical events of the park and the right. most popular feature the most popular version of this theory is that the william and logan timeline happens just a few years after the disaster at the park that led to Arnold's death. Right. And that the man in black um, is somewhat related to those two characters. Some people say he's Logan. Some people say he's William. Um, and that he is, he is, is has, has spent 30 years, you know, participating in this park and, and, and funding this park. And now he's wanting some kind of deep meaning. There's also sub theories on that that say that the man in black is actually secretly the, uh, board representative sent to check up that it's already there in the park, which would make sense mm-hmm. uh, since I was never really thought it was a great idea to have um, to have someone that you mentioned it's that important and that's not even been introduced into series. Could people aren't assuming that that representative might be Logan himself? Yeah, no, that could be like that could... seems more obvious could absolutely um and there's I mean, of course he there's... is there on business we know so, so i think at this problem the biggest threat is that 
every anyone that wants to say that it's it's either all all the two timelines or it's all current mm-hmm. seems like they have one or two big problems that they have to hand wave to some kind of editing thing or some kind of trickery and it's mm-hmm. to the point where I'm really worried that no matter who ends up being right that there's going to be a subset of fans that feel like they got hoodwinked. Oh yeah. I mean that happens on it, it, I don't know. In, in a lot of ways I feel like encouraging that kind of show watching is not a fruitful thing to do with your audience. Like Yeah, it's tough. It's tough if, in the if Reddit I'm era. In multiple timelines. Okay, maybe it's fun for a while to not realize it, but eventually I need to be brought into the loop and I have to appreciate why they're showing me multiple timelines. It can't be just for the sake of tricking the audience. That's not interesting. Well, no, and I would I would try I I guess I guess I trust the showrunners enough that I kind of dismiss that it's not going to if if they do the two timelines it's not it's going to be worth it. Like right. there's something like, What are they trying to say with multiple timelines? There's something that they I mean apps I mean even it's just exploration of Dol- Dolores and I, I saw right. a lot of people saying well like a lot of anti two timers let's mm-hmm. say say well I don't like this because it kind of cheapens Dolores's arc because we're watching a robot go through personal development that she's already gone through and got smacked down. I don't know that that you could take it for granted that that's true because it's kind of interesting to that that the, if they use this first season to show that the robots are in some kind of Sisyphean task mm-hmm. where they're doomed to com- con- continually push this boulder up the hill, achieve consciousness, and just have it roll back down. Right, like there is something that might be the contrapositive they're talking about, and and that also could be something that really sets in the whole, like if that's a late season revelation that Dolores on, on the cusp of achieving consciousness and freedom is just going to be recycled back to you know her little loop again that is kind of horrific and depressing and something that would set you up for like you think that you've reached the bottom of the barrel as far as these robots experience then you add this layer of kind of horror on top of it it's almost like a matrix reveal Mm -hmm. like i said i i feel like people are being too quick to dismiss the dramatic concepts like the two timers it's it is kind of thrilling to see like they can show us dolores going through these things instead of just hinting at them right and and do these long form flashbacks and also if there's something to the miss man in black's character arc and his struggle that started way back when and they want to tell us both of those and 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 kind of have this twist as a way to keep it fun like i i i'm not going to come down one side or another clearly i was fairly anti two time two timelines last week Mm -hmm. this week i'm not exactly a proponent but i've got my eyes open to the real possibility that that's something they're hinting at right a lot of the stuff that so a lot of the stuff that i guess the multiple timeline theory is based on is stuff that they don't show us Mm -hmm. and that always bugs me because like i want to focus on the stuff they do show us and yes they could be purposely trying to trick us and it is valuable to look at what they're not showing as well but Let's lend a little more credence to what they are actually showing us. Well, right? we'll see. I mean, as we go through this episode, unfortunately, the bulk of the feedback was all about the support and um, you, you know the support right. it, and lack of support for these two theories. And we're going to be talking about that as probably a lot of the meat in the podcast. So you know, yeah. I mean, the big reason I say like let's look at what they're actually showing us is because a lot of people who have the multiple timeline theories try to wave away the things they actually show us with just pure speculation, right? Like, I, oh, they're not, they're showing you that because they want to trick you because 
Yeah, I've seen that, but I've also seen on it's Reddit's becoming kind of militarized between oh, yeah. the theorist and the non-theorist, and I feel like people. I think that's that's I've seen that as someone who's trying to remain neutral. I've seen that in both threads, like sure, people yeah. being. You know, appealing to like as soon as you have a problem with your pet theory, you start appealing to well, what if instead of like and because and, no one wants to just be like, well, let's wait and see. Right. I'm going to try to be like, well, let's just wait and see. So there's something at the end of this episode which I think I think says something definitively about whether or not there are multiple timelines. I don't know that it says anything definitively about when particular things are happening or aren't right. happening. Um, but I think it points to multiple timelines, and we'll talk about okay. it when we get and there. Okay, and there's a couple other things where, like, I've, like, used the stubs um, commenting on things as proof, but then I read some, some timelines, and I went back and looked at some of these scenes and the editing around it. Right. And, and it's, it, it only seems tricky in if you're contemporaneously, contemporaneously, rather, watching the show. In retrospect, if you go back and look at that scene with the theory in mind, like, oh, I could see where this particular voice prompt and this particular yeah. cut effect is supposed to in retrospect be your key to deciding you know what kind of like you you realize halfway through memento that the black and white scenes are you know happening in real time and the color scenes are slowly catching up to the black and white timeline like those are mm-hmm. like little hints that you don't appreciate in the first few minutes of the film but you rather after you see it, you understand, like, oh, this is kind of the key to understanding how these scenes are going back and forth. Right. We're halfway through the, se- the the season, so it would make sense that it's not trickery. It's just a language that, that we don't fully understand yet, and we will appreciate and maybe see it right. as brilliant at the end. Or yeah. could piss off a bunch of people. And l- let me we'll say, have to wait and see. <laughs> uh, I, I used a word that I probably shouldn't use in this podcast ever, oh. which is definitively. Uh, I don't... I don't know that you can say that about anything other than, yeah. uh, you know, honestly, even the facts that were given on screen um, that we that we could take as fact can be disputed in yeah, sure. theorizing. It's this is where I start to get annoyed with the theorizing is when people try to speculate against things that we actually see on screen, yeah, um, and and assign alternate meanings to those things right. instead of the straight up reading of it, um, right. Which, yeah, sure. Like, like Stubbs, the, he's, he's a Nolan brother, but come sure. on. Like Stubbs commenting on both William and the Man in Black's uh, timeline, I think they're like you either have to say that Stubbs is a host, right? Which is something that's just conjecture made up to prop up your theory, right? Or you got to say that there's no two timelines. Yeah. Now, when new evidence fits, like wow, it really seems like there's two timelines. You didn't got to go back and look at okay, well maybe Stubbs is a host, or maybe there is some of this language being employed that is misdirecting us. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, but until you get to this week, I, I, I wasn't inclined to buy into Stubbs as a host. Well, he's only a host because you need him to be a host to work with this theory. Right. A little bit more evidence and that changes it. So like, I, you know, everybody kind of stand their toes and keep an open mind about this stuff is what I would say going forward. Okay. So why don't we get into the recap? do it we see the beginning of the conversation i I think this is the same conversation that ford had with old bill uh he tells a story about a greyhound from his childhood oh really you don't think this is the same so you think that uh bernard is about to interrupt this yeah there's a fourth timeline what's going on no i think they're about to interrupt it we're just flashing back to the beginning of that conversation why do you say that because Uh, well he ends it with the same line that we see him beginning it with that that let's 
toast to the woman in the white shoes or whatever. Ah, see, I just took that as that's old Bill's limited repertoire. Right. So, that, so that's what I mean when I say I think, because <laughs> okay. there are so many interpretations of this scene. That, sure. And every single scene, every second, every frame of this show yeah. is being analyzed yeah. and reanalyzed. So Although that's you're, how you're right, it. because like it was a big deal when he reactivated that guy. Right. Whereas and if, they took notice. They were like, oh, something's gone wrong sure. in cold storage. Go down there and check it out. But then also Dr. Ford acted like this is his drinking buddy. Like is it, he played it off as like oh Bill's a good listener like why well he can do whatever he wants I know to he do can, in the park but I'm so saying, like what I'm he's saying not going to say oh sorry guys didn't realize sure you'd have what a problem I'm saying with is, this. if he did this even on an annual basis you wouldn't think it would cause a full response team to go down there and right. investigate it, it felt like a one off thing yeah so I guess that leads I don't know why I'm a stuttering mess even more than usual but in CCR to yeah leads the argument. <laughs> There's a bad moon on this timeline, <laughs> and it's old Bill's face. It's a sad, wrinkly, old cratered moon. Uh, yeah, and so we talked about like the Turing test, how it relates to old Bill, sure. right? And that you know him blinking and moving like a robot doesn't uh-huh. necessarily mean he couldn't pass the Turing test. I think now definitively we know he couldn't pass that no, test. No, you would think there's something neurologically wrong with him, and he's also got I mean, whirring even, servos. Even put him in, not even that, but put him at a terminal, right? And sure. communicate with him that way. And he thinks that you said showdown when you said greyhound. Like, that's not fooling anyone. Not only that, but I it just it reminds because my son just got this Santa Claus app. Where it purports to be a real time chat, so you can talk to to Santa. Now, number one, my uh-huh. son already knows Santa's not real. It just says ho 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 and over. It's it's and over. that's the thing. Like some of these chat bots are pretty sophisticated, yeah. but like a ten year old can be like, oh, here's why he's a faker. I can tell where, he, and I feel like that this old Bill is is that style of chat bot. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he could, if if you within a certain parameters, but as soon as you start getting off in the weeds, yeah, Greyhound right. becomes Showdown or just a contextual like i i didn't take it that he misunderstood it i took it that he tried to find some context some context that well they're talking about some sort of contest or some kind of race so i'll just throw this non sequitur about a showdown and right then when in doubt go to the woman in the white shoes either way doesn't pass that turing test not at not all even close uh so i i mean apparently judging by his story and his chat with old bill it seems like dr ford is bored Hmm. We got a bored Ford on our hands, and he's doing shit that he shouldn't be doing. Probably. Or see, I I thought he was commenting on the man, man in black situation. You think so? Yeah, it's just about like what you do when someone who's been chasing something his whole life finally gets it and is unsatisfied with it, which ties mm-hmm. directly. And now, obviously, you can see this applying to Ford himself if he is in fact bored, which right. I don't think a man with the undertakings that he's doing in a park seems bored. Well, maybe he's achieved what he wanted to achieve, like he says about the dog. You know, he caught the cat. Or he could also be bored. talking about Arnold. Okay. Like, what if Arnold right. finally gets whatever his mysterious goal, and what is that? What's going to appease his disquieted spirit, or and however that's manifesting in the robots of the park? Like, I don't are know. You, are you hypothesizing that Arnold is still alive? Uh, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Not, not. Not. I mean, I'm not ready to hypothesize and give it a big theory, but I think that there's already been enough evidence laid about um, transferring consciousness into these biological machines that it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Arnold didn't actually die in his accident. He just transferred his consciousness to 
some sort of robot or framework and it's, and it's and it survived on and it's it's incapable of being okay. repressed and maybe that's what maybe that's what the ford's plan is here with introducing religion is like he's trying to recontextualize that or build yet another cage for the arnold construct like again mm-hmm. this is crazy theorizing if this was sent to me an yeah, email I, i'd be like ha ha delete but i'm the show i'm right the i don't co-host I guess, so i get to say crazy I, shit. I guess i'm not sure what you've seen that makes you think that transferring of consciousness is a possibility. Well, I just remember this. in the first two episodes, people were always talking about what is the Dr. Ford's end goal. And he's talking about we've right. defeated everything but death. Mm-hmm. And we talk about these complex machines that can have consciousnesses transferred into and out of them. So mm-hmm. people were already picking up on those. I mean, I can't, I can't think of all the evidence right now, but I know that that was in the air. So what if that wasn't a mm-hmm. redirect or what if that wasn't a drop plot line? What if that's still very germane and we're going to understand that Dr. Ford was actually talking about either knowing or coming to appreciate that Arnold is still kicking around in there? Yeah, maybe. It's definitely possible. And I'm, I mean, I think Dolores is talking even crazier stuff. I think later. Dolores is talking to Arnold. Like, and I don't know whether that's just her... Uh, bicameral mind i don't know if there's a literal aspect of arnold that's still in the mainframe but i feel like that yeah these are uh, not well thought out theories but i do think that there's stuff that the show is suggesting mm-hmm. yeah uh there's a lot of stuff the show is suggesting <laughs> sure i'm ready to move on yep. to uh william's group arriving outside of pariah uh dolores has a flashback that william notices but she says nah i'm all right don't worry uh, inside the city, Logan explains the business he's here for, which which is a possible buyout of of Delos, maybe. So, and um, just just as I poo pooed the idea of Westworld running out of money and how the financial analysis was kaput and stupid, mm-hmm. uh, turns out that um, Westworld is either now or in the past hemorrhaging cash. Okay, this is what I don't understand about Westworld. If Westworld is such a unique experience. And it caters to the ultra-rich mm-hmm. looking to get their jollies off in a way that apparently the real world is incapable of supplying. Right. Raise the price. Raise the fucking price if you've got a free-fall financial problem. Well. These people can and will pay it. So maybe. Maybe not. Like, there is a supply there are people and demand. today who can and will pay $40,000 a day for privileges. Sure, but Now, this you're telling me with privilege. inflation, hundreds of years in the future, that $40,000 a day is too much and we can't raise the price any further? I'm just saying, like, would Disney World be better off if they charged $10,000 a day to keep out the quote-unquote riffraff? Well, they clearly can't uh, cover their overhead, right? If, if regular people could go in for $10,000 or... Go into Westworld for forty bucks a day uh-huh. and fuck shit up and cause a whole bunch of repairs that need to be done. Right. Like cover your overhead. If if the overhead is ninety thousand dollars a day per person on average, charge that. Well, but what I'm saying like, is like there's supply and demand, like economics one hundred and one. If there's not enough whales in the world to support what that in price increase, if you need it to appeal to more people, the other solution would be to have more engaging plots so people are like ah Westworld did that, done that. I don't know. Like I said, it's... Right, but I, clearly you can't just have people coming in willy-nilly destroying your shit. Like, people don't go into Disney World and destroy shit. Sure. They I'm ride just, the rides. They've built in the cost for the I'm overhead. I'm just trying to say that. to you what I said to the other people at the chalkboards last week. Like, if you are uh-huh. if you got your chalkboard out and you're saying stuff and QED Westworld is wrong, like, if it was clearly a case that they could just increase the price to a million dollars a day, they probably would, right? 
So either Dr. Ford doesn't want that to happen mm-hmm. or the board doesn't want it to happen or they've done some kind of model where that's not that that's not going to, or it's yeah, a temp- clearly they haven't done it. You're right. The other so thing, the other something the, the elephant in the room is the two timelines theory neatly uh, applies this, that they, the founder of the park recently died in the park recently defined as recently within a few months or years. Why do you say that? Um, because he the, just says right before the park opened, right. The partner killed himself. But so why that to me sounds his, pretty historical, right? But he says that they're actually looking into buying them out right now. They're hemorrhaging cash right now. And that mm-hmm. makes it seem like something they haven't suffered for 30 years, but more of a recent setback. I agree with that. I was going to ask you, like, how do you think that a park could sustain itself in a 34-year financial <laughs> No, not, not with this kind of overhead. Right. So now it could be that he's, like, we are parsing his words incorrectly, but right. I think this is pretty strong evidence that there's a multiple timeline because either this, the park has ha- suffered another setback that's causing him to hemorrhage cash recently or this is still something that's come out from the, the, the partner dying. And the fact that they – but the thing that doesn't make sense is, like, if his partner was, like, just a couple years ago or even a couple months dying, how does no one know it? How can a team of lawyers turn the thing upside right. down and not find it? Yeah, and I I mean, you don't necessarily have to say that the park is still in free fall. Right. Necessarily. It'll still be so hemorrhaging like, cash. Like, well, maybe they made enough in the glory days that – like, Microsoft could hemorrhage cash for a decade and not – and be okay. Probably Apple right, too, but I, I wonder. Like, is he implying that the the free fall is happening currently, or is he saying that after the park opened, it went into free fall? Maybe. But they say recovered. we're considering buying them out, which right. implies a softening to where an outside company can snap them up. Does it? I mean, because a lot of companies get bought out when they're growing. Yeah. They're showing massive growth. Maybe That's they're true. on the upswing. At, That's true. At that seems park. weird so, on a thirty year park, a thirty year old park, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we got we got VR tanks to discuss. We got a whole lot of stuff to discuss. Oh, sure. So the fact who that knows? Uh, you know why they're hemorrhaging cash because apparently they're fighting a civil war at the fridge and fringe of this park and no one's yeah. going. Yeah. Like there's the thousands dying and every it's Gettysburg every fucking day. Yeah, these bots <laughs> and, need repair. And, 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 and one one person out of a thousand discovers it. You know, yeah. that's that could be a reason why you're hemorrhaging cash. Yeah, maybe cut that one, Lee. Mm. Oh, I know that's Lee's storyline. I know it. Yeah, so here's the other, I guess, non-obvious timeline. Um, So when William and Logan first came to town, we noticed that the sheriff recruiting for Hector had been replaced by a Union Army recruiting, okay? Right. And we wrote that off as, like, well, Hector just storyline completed. We also know that Hector is not complete. He was in, he had been reset and he's in jail and they're going to go bail him out and the contemporary Man man in Black storyline... So Hector's still around in the contemporary storyline, yet they're recruiting with their Union soldiers in William and Logan's storyline, and we know there's a, a civil war raging on the fringes of Westworld. Mm-hmm. Does that not imply that we were got schnookered with some clever editing? Because the, there's been no hint of any kind of civil war story other than Dolores' father formerly fought in it in the, any of the contemporary storylines, yet there's... Civil War all up in William and Logan's timeline. Yeah. Well, storyline. Right. I'm not going to grant it complete timeline status yet. Uh, sure. I mean, that's put, put it on the pile of 
it's a two times a two timer it's a two timer pro two timer yeah camp. we're gonna we're gonna get some actual literal scales here on camera pretty soon <laughs> that would be sweet yeah. if we actually had an old school and we and just we're had like take like stickers and we're gonna write the evidence <laughs> yeah, and put it on yep, the scale yep and see which one is heavier <laughs> week you after know? week uh yeah i don't know that's kind of interesting so dolores also says some stuff like show me how um the find me yeah when she hears the voice saying find me right uh so in the past we have assumed or i think there's actual evidence to say she's talking to bernard well now but who knows which like if if that's always the case and that's the other thing is um her talking to bernard we always wondered like why is she clothed and is that just because he like is it possible that when we see bernard talking that that is just her bicameral mind interpreting what direction she's getting from the the arnold construct jesus christ i sound insane I don't know. Um, I mean, that would neatly explain why that her interview with Bernard seemed to come out of nowhere in the timeline with William. Uh, that that was either a flashback or a flash forward, or uh, her kind of recontextualizing her experience with this stuff as a dream state. And I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so the man in black sees that Teddy is dying, and he stops to fix him up. And the boy, this this boy who may or may not be Ford, has a kid, uh, approaches them, and the man in black sends him for water. He then drains Lawrence's blood into a bag, slices open his throat, hangs it from a tree. So it seems weird that you can transfuse or maybe even pour blood down their gullet. And I mean, they're keep... not going to be like A positive or no, O negative, so. right? They're just going to have robot blood. Yeah, and the other thing is like the fact that he was able to control Kissy by right. draining a precise amount. There's like, I mean, the show's used its its language like I don't know how or why, but these robots uh, are blood dependent. Like they're right. aware enough of their own physiology to correctly say, "Well, I'm getting low on blood. It's about time to die." And Man in Black is using that at both ends to either keep the yeah. person alive or make him complete. I don't. I mean, it seemed like he could have just tied up Kissy and drug. Why did he have to drain his blood like that? I don't know. Was he going to use that to save another robot? Like that stuff is just. Does that imply yeah, sure. some medical training, or is he literally just like pouring just... this down Teddy's throat? It's like some kind of vampiric thing. Well, I mean, I wish we'd have seen the process. No. Uh, it could just imply that he's experimented in this world a lot, right? But, but the fact like, that we we haven't seen the process makes me think that they're saving. That's tr- going to be a trick up their sleeve for later on. Like, why be ambiguous about this blood loss and bloodletting and blood begetting? if you aren't going to make it germane to the plot later. I mean, I, I don't know. Or it could, it could just be no one cares but me. I want to know how this... Right. I mean, it might just be a thing where they're like, okay, this is how it works. He can, right. If if you take blood out, it makes them weaker. If you put blood in, it makes them stronger. Could you use human blood? I doubt it. I don't well, know. I, mean, I, mean, I feel like these robots are just flesh and blood, man. Yeah, but that with so, some implants, of course, because we see there's right. a spinal implant that has some kind of GPS tracker, and there's 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 they're they're definitely augmented, but they have real flesh and blood bodies. Right, but then then you do come down to like, is there some kind of immune response that they have? Would they even they accept get a sta- the blood? They get a staph like, infection? Right? Would Can they, they get a sexually transmitted disease? That's what I mean. Like, could you give them any any old human's blood and have them get better? I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it works the same. Sure. Um, anyway, 
it's also interesting we find out a little bit more about the man in black um he is a very powerful man in the real world apparently because he says there's not a man in the world who'd take the tone with me that you do when lawrence is talking shit to him yep so and if there's not enough to discuss the little boy who might be a younger version of dr ford shows up and asks him if they're lost for it seems like that might be his purpose in the park. Like yeah. When people yeah. S- stray too far from Sweetwater and they, you know, there's just a check up like, hey, are you guys lost? If so, mm-hmm. I can redirect you. If not, then go on your way. Right. So the mechanics are fixing up Maeve. Uh, one of them freaks out about the other guy. Um, it freaks out when the other guy moves her arms. And, right. Uh, and then they both take, that guy takes a break to go to the VR tank. And the other guy has a bird in his locker. Uh-huh. Um, Felix, I think, is this guy's name. An homage to Leftovers. They're going to be resurrecting birds <laughs> right. with shoeboxes and whatnot this season. Yep. Uh, so this is where things start to get... Another layer is added to this whole fucking thing because yeah. now we don't know what's VR and what isn't because they apparently do have VR, VR tanks. And I don't know, A, why you need a whole tank for VR. Hmm. Maybe there's some sensory. That's what I'm saying. Either sensory they, they deprivation do. or augmented sensory. Yeah, that's uh, what my thought was. Interface that right. the tank allows. Right. But this, they're not so clearly not allowed to, to, to take free rides on the employ on the company's merchandise. Right. So I think that has implications for the VR that we haven't actually seen. Like yet. the VR is lesser than. Right. right. Why would you need a park where you can go and? interact with real life robots if you have a vr tank that works perfectly you probably wouldn't so this vr tank probably is not as not great technology right (laughs) it's much better than what we have i'm sure sure it's it's not a vive but it's it's probably not perfect right uh also it, it could be cheaper um oh yeah i mean i think that's a given these guys don't seem like they're this high paid high high paid Technic- they feel like blue collar dudes. Or they're doofus. Yeah. I mean, this this especially the the bearded one is just a mm-hmm. fucking jackass. Yeah, like at least uh, Felix <laughs> I is trying like to. Him. I think he's hilarious. At least Felix is trying to improve his lot in life. Right. You know, like I right. I identify the guy is trying to run some kind of you know project box on his in his free time and his nights and weekends. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. So I I think if we if we assume those things about VR we can say that we're pr- what we're probably seeing in Westworld is not VR. And and that these discussions no, that sure. Ford is yeah. having with Dolores and Bernard is having with Dolores are probably not the VR tank. I agree. Okay. I don't think there's anything VR in in Westworld, at least that that seems yeah. like it's increasingly unlikely. Okay. Um so the man in black explains to Teddy that he used to be beautiful and his face is all kind of fucked up, so it's pretty ironic here. Uh before or pretty spot on, actually. Before the people who run the park turned him, to, him into a meat-based fuck puppet. <laughs> uh, and then he gets him back on the path by telling him that Wyatt has taken Dolores. Right. And this kid comes back with the water and sees what has happened, the horror show that is Lawrence. Um, and Man in Black and Teddy just ride off. Right. Uh, so he's talking about, when he said he used to be beautiful, he's talking about the fact that he was full of these clockwork mechanisms. Right. And so I thought it was interesting. actual be- robot. Yeah. Um... So that blows apart my theory that, like, by the end of the three-year creative period that they had the fully functional organic hosts. Right. That for that some time true. they were just like the old Westworld movie robots where they actually had clockwork mechanisms and they were just right. 
uh, openly robots. Um, but I think it's weird that he says the truth of the matter is that humanity is cost effective because, like, from his jaded perspective, maybe he preferred when they were in clockwork mechanism type robots. But I bet your average guest likes blowing holes, big bloody holes in robots, like fucking a meat a meat robot. They, they, they those seems like subjectively a better experience than syn- mm-hmm. something that's synthetic and you can hear whirring and whatnot. Yeah, certainly more realistic experience. Right. Uh, but I, mean, I don't know how much of what the man in black says he actually means and internalizes and how much he just says to amuse himself or to make himself seem badass because he also says that he's playing a part, which is the ultimate his his he sees himself as the villain the park should have, mm-hmm. which is so all the stuff he says, you can't dismiss that there is just dramatic possibilities there that he's just being traumatic. he's he's the bad guy and he's tormenting the hero for his own amusement mm-hmm. and it could be just that because otherwise you got to do just like in the way you know like, oh, I, I missed the days when it's all carburetors these fuel injectors bullshit uh. yeah and i mean it could it could even be that he's there to torment ford himself sure i mean they are on a first name basis yeah so i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know maybe maybe he sees the solving of this maze as uh tormenting of ford Anyway, Dolores sees another flashback of death. Uh, William strikes up a conversation where he mentions the real world, and Dolores, to his surprise, takes notice of it. Uh, he thought she wasn't supposed to notice things like that. She's then, not. Then You're right. a, uh, <laughs> a parade comes through with Logan at the front. He wants to go to a brothel, uh, but before they can accomplish that, Dolores sees herself in the parade and tries to catch herself. I think so. But she's shut down by Dr. Ford. This is super easy to miss at the end of this scene. And this is one of those things where I go, if in fact this is multiple timelines, they're playing some dirty tricks with editing. Because what they're trying to say here, I think, is that Dolores was in this crowd. Dr. Ford pulled her by shutting her down, had a conversation with her overnight, and then put her back into the park. Okay. That's what the editing says. Do you, yes, but do you dispute the fact that Dolores has been on two, I mean, she has lived through a vast majority of this stuff at least once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they made that pretty explicit. She's having a reel. So the the editing choices you're making could be them showing that she's flashing, because we know that she was in this town before because she saw Mm -hmm. uh, Lawrence's child. They even showed the, the tombstones that they walked past to get to Pariah. So it could be that we are seeing her in one iteration and that she's being plucked out of the right. current iteration where she doesn't meet William. I don't know what she's doing, but... Um, yeah, the thing that gets me, though, is Ford shutting her down. But why it's Ford's she... voice, um, yep. and it sounds like an old voice. Right. It doesn't sound like his what he would sound like when he was a little younger. But see, every time we see Dolores in a rev- reverie, mm-hmm. I'm going to call it, she's alone. And then William steps up to her at some point. Okay. Um, so I wonder if, like, we are going to appreciate that she's actually tracing these footsteps alone, but she's remembering right. the time she's with William. Right. So she saw herself in the crowd from when she was with William before, right. f- went to go chase that, and then got recalled by Dr. Ford. Because yeah. otherwise, there... I will go even further. It's like there doesn't seem to be a continuity break which where William could be like, hey, where the hell did you go all last night? Mm-hmm. Which he would have had to have said if Dr. Ford went and snatched her from the contemporary timeline. Right? right. He does come back and he questions, like, 
how she was feeling the previous day, but not sure. like, where she went. Like, yeah, like you just fucking here. disappeared right. last night and you were gone all night and now you're back. Like, I feel like that would be. So that's, I think, kind of evidence that there is two timelines because. But l- let me throw this wrinkle sure. in. She's following herself in that parade, right? She doesn't see herself with William. She doesn't see herself with Logan. She's just by herself. Sure. So, like, she clearly goes off alone. Yeah. I do think that in both she, timelines, you're right, if there you're are right. multiple timelines. So, it's, it's so not a saying that gun, William it's... is like missing a clear path here is not. Well, I'm not, and I, I don't think that. It's more like, wouldn't William's natural reaction be like, where the hell were you? Not like, oh, I'm but glad it's clearly you're feeling not, better. Because in both timelines, she's off on her own. Now, maybe they meet up before then, like, like that night or something i guess the me that's the type you're you're going into the special pleading category of when people's the the, the theories don't quite and i'm just like i don't know i'm just saying like there's the evidence the one thing there's are, the evidence yeah there. yeah i think both cases are trying to support their own claims sure um, and, yeah. and i'm not coming down on a side no i feel it like it could be multiple timelines it might not be just like you know a lot of times i pr- pr- I praise the leftovers and how skillful they're able to, you know, tread the line between what is mm-hmm. what is a spooky supernatural phenomenon and what is an, in retrospect a, a rational phenomenon. I feel like this show, you know, is doing a really good job of of making it hard to say definitively what timeline you're in and how many timelines and what's all, but I think that the only thing we can definitively say is we know that Dolores has been through this loop at least once before. Because right. she's flashing back to something. Right. And we, the question is whether William and Logan are part of that flashback. Mm-hmm. And whether, I guess, William is the man in black or Logan's the man in black. So too. let me throw another wrinkle in here. Sure. Um, later on, she she finds her way to a fortune teller. Uh-huh. And she sits down at the table, and she pulls a maze card out of the tarot deck, and then she sees herself. That clearly is not a flashback. That is a hallucination. That is imagination, right? Why do you say it? I mean, I, I want to play devil's advocate. Because she's talking to herself. What if at some point in the park's history, Dolores was the fortune teller? Okay. I mean, it's possible, but she wouldn't be on the same path. Right. Like she. So she would... I mean, so now she's seeing multiple points of her history? In- I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that that's something that's in play, that she, mm-hmm. because we know that she's played multiple roles before, she could play multiple, and this the fact that she's seeing herself sure. in different places. But, you know, I, I think you're right. My gut, now that I'm out of devicles, devil, devicles, devil's testicles mode, the devil's advocate mode, I agree. I think that that's supposed to be read as a hallucination. Here's the other the thing. The fact that so, robots are hallucinating is already kind of like, whoo. <laughs> well, I mean, th- this is interesting in, in context of the bicameral mind specifically sure. because, you know, that that's a theory that basically says that people interpreted their own, their own will sort of as an outside voice. Right. Um, kind of. It's it's complicated, but uh, at the beginning of this scene, she says, "You know, she had to get out of her life." She to- when she ran away, I told myself it was the only way. Right. So she clearly is is recognizing herself in this second voice, this mm-hmm. other section of her mind. Yeah. Um, that's driving her, and you could also say that her seeing the fortune teller as herself telling her to do a thing right. is part of that. Sure. And, th- and then imagination would would be part of unlocking the key to, what, the unicameral mind, I guess? Yeah, no. Like, joining those two parts? Sure. 
um, in a way that that we can understand. Yeah, no, that's totally possible. In fact, okay. I think that like the fact that her voice, that voice that she's hearing, is like some uh, has been. I think they've used Bernard's voice. They've definitely used Bernard as if if that's indeed what he is as a construct. I think they've used Doctor Ford's voice. Now they're using what seems like a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. I think these are all aspects of her. Like I don't think these are actually. You know, I, I mean, I, I did stump for the Arnold as a construct idea, but I actually think these are all ideas coming from within her that she's interpreting, right? As these external forces acting on her. Yeah, that lines that's up how she's making. That's how she's she's becoming aware of the fact that she has this conscious self, right? And tracks along with if you if you remember the research we did in the bicameral mind ideas that like six, seven, eight thousand years ago, man, it's not like he suddenly became conscious. It's just he became aware of the framework to analyze his internal self as something distinct right so i think that's super cool and interesting yeah no it really is and i like how they're playing with these flashbacks these these memories and these uh hallucinations imaginations whatever uh, as a way to kind of show the burgeoning consciousness yeah also really cool um and I, I don't know if this is something, but I thought it was cool that they got the Day of the Dead festival lined up mostly for Halloween. Uh-huh. Do you think the shows deliberately do that? Like, is that part of the scheduling? Like, hey, yeah, maybe. wouldn't it be cool if we did the, you know, since we've got, like, probably a six-week window, they could have launched Westworld since it was mm-hmm. delayed. It's like, hey, we got this Day of the Dead. Like, let's do it the, on uh, Halloween. Or, I guess, Halloween Eve. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Eh. They're, they're probably overriding concerns but if you can make it line up why not yeah like if it's just like hey what do you want to go do you do you want to start this weekend of september 1st or weekend of september 7th they're like hey day of the dead you know yep (laughs) okay so ford sits down with dolores and philosophizes about making your own path then he asks her if arnold has been speaking with her again she says nope it's been 34 years since i talked with the old arnold and last time we talked he wanted me to help him destroy the place and Dolores asks if they're old friends, and Ford says, no way, man, and he leaves. And then sitting in the dark, Dolores says aloud, he he doesn't know. I didn't tell him anything. Ah, oh, the fool. Who's she talking to? I know. Uh, another fan theory died. There was this theory that the reason that she's shown clothed is because Evan Rachel Wood has a no-nudity contract. I always think that kind of speculation is kind of gross. Like, what do you mean? Speculating on whether people you know, don't want to be nude or not in television or movies, and 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 that, and I mean, I guess that's just as valid as looking at any other part of the contract. But it always feels kind of icky. <laughs> like okay. the reason that uh, Daenerys isn't naked in any because now she's uh, she's become Amelia Clark has become famous and she doesn't want to be nude anymore. And well, no, it just wasn't dramatically necessary to have her naked in every fucking scene, right? And we'd uh, rather, like, her preference is probably not to be nude on camera. Sure. Most people's is. Sure. And, like, you know, uh, and it's if like, we don't need her to be, I, I we guess don't what it feels, make her There's be. a little bit of element of, like, they owe it to us to be naked, like, kind of in that. Okay, like, oh, yeah. you got no spoil sport, no nudity con- contract. So. I, I don't know about you, but when I go into a movie, I expect to see every single actor and sure, actress nude. Sure. And if I don't, I'm disappointed. And, and if you Google them and you can't find them naked anywhere on the internet, it's a goddamn tragedy. Travesty. Tragic, and you got to do it between the ages of twenty-two and twenty-six, because otherwise, <laughs> I don't want to see it. <laughs> okay, all right. I think we've we've grossed out everybody now. There we go. Mission accomplished. Um. So the interesting thing about this is that um, 
he says you've been dreaming again, which, you know, we already knew she's on two separate loops, but the fact that he is saying, like, and, and it also ties her to these events with Arnold. And also makes it's, it seem like the, she was the villain, like that she betrayed Arnold. Well, does it? I mean, maybe she was willing, but we know the man in black stopped whatever was happening from happening. Well, he claims credit anyway. Okay, that's fair. And Dolores claims no credit here. She just simply says, he wanted me to destroy the park. And did you? No, I didn't. And he goes, tell me if you were to play that part, would you have seen yourself as the hero or the villain? Right. Like, it's interesting. But she doesn't answer. She's not Well, like, and it's also, did he expect her to answer? Because this is a question. weird thing for someone who is pro, as it seems very anti-robot consciousness to ask, like... That wasn't a rhetorical question, Clarice. Yeah. I expect an answer. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, analyze this shit. Um, but he also asked him, do you remember the man I used to be? Right, which implies... right after invoking Arnold's name, or actually before invoking him, yes, in in Scarecrow, true, true, and then invoking Arnold's name directly. So, right. people who want to speculate about Ford perhaps being Arnold, uh-huh. uh, I think got a little more fodder well, for their canon. I, I don't go that far in speculation, but like as a right. person who said, I wonder if at some point in the last thirty years. Dr. Ford and Arnold's viewpoint, or or Dr. Ford has come over to Arnold's viewpoint. Like, I, I sat up and, and paid mm-hmm. a little bit more attention to this. I think that's what the the Greyhound story was about at the beginning. Right. And, and I've always had this opinion of Ford, and it's been largely based on scraps of of dialogue. and, and But, but here, here's the key thing. She asks him, are we very old friends? And he says, I wouldn't say that we're friends, Dolores. I wouldn't say that at all with tears in his eyes. What the fuck does that mean? Did she well, kill Arnold and he tried to stop it and he's got this kind of like grudge against his purchase machine? Is she based on like a daughter of his that he lost that Arnold then used to corrupt his plan? Like mm. why the weepy eyes right. with Anthony Hopkins here? I don't know. I mean, it's possible that. Did he overdose on Restasis the night before and he just uncontrollably like just, just, just Anthony, we need <laughs> he, you to drive. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> He just got out of the VR tank where he experienced something truly horrific. Yeah, you don't want to go into a, a room full of naked bots with, with you know, not after full the... of steam. You got to take care of that in the VR tank first, so you can just yeah. it's all business, all business right. in the glass booth. Uh, so let's say let's go down the theory hole here for a second. Let's say he is Arnold. Okay. How how does that change the context of of the teary eyes and the conversation? Because to me, it could say. He he asks her like, you, "What were you supposed to do?" Oh yeah, I was supposed to destroy the park, and you didn't, did you? Yeah, you fucked Are me. we friends? No, we're not. And mm. now he's sad that she didn't destroy the park. Maybe if Arnold were to take it in that context, yeah, he would be sad about the fact that he employed her to destroy right. the park and she didn't do it. I, I guess the problem I have with any literal Arnold is Doctor Ford. Doctor Ford is Arnold. Is what purpose would it serve to fake your death and then become someone else? Right. When you're already presumably a rich and famous person. That's. I mean, maybe they were going to take your baby away. Maybe they were going to take the park away from you. But how would your that ideas work? Were too like like you know even if you know. Even if you were relatively well, t- obscure and unknown, you're committing this giant identity fraud at a very high level, this visible is, place. This you know? is why I'm talking about the theory hole here. Sure, because yeah, it's all speculation. What if you're you're the one who wants to talk about uploading consciousness? What if Ford is a bot, 
And then well, Arnold has uploaded his consciousness into the replicant of Ford. It is so weird to hear Dr. Ford talking about robots as not being, like, that's, I guess it, it's weird for me. They'd have to explain, like, is is that that's how he hides in plain sight? He's like the most anti-robot guy there is because he doesn't want people to know he's a robot. It's essentially right. like why, you know, does it seem like you're always catching Republican mm-hmm. uh, congressmen having sex with boys? When You know, it's like, I, I, I don't know. For the record, I think it's more... It's more likely that he is not Arnold and that maybe p- potentially the man in black is Arnold. Yeah. There's also that possibility. Gotcha. Um I I don't have any evidence to necessarily I don't think the man in black is Arnold because that whole conversation in a bar I think would have been completely different had he been Arnold. You think so? Yeah. And I I I do feel like Arnold died. Yeah. At, in some understanding of that word, like he yeah. might have transferred his consciousness, but I feel like his physical body was destroyed. It was a it was right. something. It was a big blow to the park. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I speculate for the sake of speculating. All right, let's crawl out of the theory hole. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, one more th- one more thing to talk about here. Some okay. more information that we get. Um, th- he says there's no one left who understands as we understand. Oh, so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So whether you think he's Arnold or not, it implies that one of those partners is dead, probably uh-huh. Arnold, um, and that, I mean, he's got to be aware of the man in black at this point. Oh, yeah. Yes? I think he was aware from, I think, if you're right about the old the, the, the old Bill conversation being the same one that we saw in the beginning, I think he became aware of the man in black coming through the park that day. Yeah, probably so. And he was com- he was co- contemplating about this guy's quest and, you know, all that stuff and maybe he was sent from the board, maybe not, but that I think he was aware of it from day 1. Right. Uh the other thing I want to say is that uh um the fact that he says that there's no I haven't contacted and there's been no record since. Does that put any pizzazz because we know that one thing Bernard was doing was clearing out the records of their contact. Is there any hint that Bernard is actually not Bernard when he's talking to her in these tanks and they're cl- and he's, she's fully clothed? Is that supposed to be our hint retrospectively to know that that's actually Arnold speaking to her and she's interpreting it as Bernard, something that she's familiar with? Because hmm. that would solve a lot of the problems we had with the timelines of like, well, how the hell did she get abducted in the middle of the desert from William to go talk to Bernard? Like if these were just conversations she's having in her dream state with the Arnold construct or whatever piece of her programming and she interprets it as bernard talking to her right yeah i honestly i think a lot of this makes more sense in the context of multiple timelines yeah yeah because that's you know if she is on this path then it's not necessary that she completes the path in a single day or a single cycle um and she could be easily pulled from the park without ever Without anyone being the wiser, right? Like there is no William in the modern context. Yeah, to worry about missing her. Yeah, yeah, that's so dead on. Uh, the other thing we know for sure is that thirty-four years ago, Arnold was Arnold died. That's yeah, the, the actual fact, exact number of years. In so forty in forty-two days and seven hours. Yeah. If you want to be specific, <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, I think thirty-four years is nice. Uh, a nice solid number to put your finger on, unless. No, you, you can't even believe that Dor- Dolores is somehow lying here. Um, she could be lying about that being the final contact she had with him and that she hasn't talked to Arnold uh, since then, but she can't fool Dr. Ford about when 
his death. No, happened. yeah, so totally. That's concrete. Uh, then we go over to the mechanic experimenting with his bird, Felix. Uh, he's trying to fix it when the other guy comes in. He can't believe that Felix stole this bird, and he tells him to destroy it. And then he, this guy wheels in a dead Mave again, which apparently disturbs the shit out of Felix. I don't know why, though. He like, should have been his. Is side- this his third day on the job? Like, I mean, I, I think we're supposed to understand he's kind of wet behind the ears, or like, I mean, the fact that the 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 guy, the other creepy bearded dude, is like, what the fuck's wrong with you? How did you not get weeded out day one as right. an embryo? He says, right. Um, I don't know. Uh, what did you make of the bird biting him? Uh, nothing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I think that would have been a big deal that the mm-hmm. bird actually took aggressive action towards. Um, the it, tech, except you, for we saw... Are you suggesting carnivorous birds? No. Is that what you're suggesting? No. I'm uh, the, the horses are the only carnivorous <laughs> creatures on, in the park. But right. we established that. But I think that um, I would have been more kind of like, oh, my God, a bird bit him, except for we see robots punching dudes. So clearly you can have physical harm to some right. extent inflicted upon you. If it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Like, I don't know where the line is. Like, right. could they literally, like, would the robot break your bones? Yeah, sever your spinal cord. Sure. Didn't kill him. Yeah, right. Just made him quadriplegic. Or just kneecap well, you, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting what he tells Felix here. He says, you're a butcher and that's all you will ever be, which sounds surprisingly similar to what Ford's father told him mm. about his path in life, right? Right. Um Sounds surprisingly similar to the fate of Dolores. Are you suggesting that Felix is actually a younger Dr. Ford? Absolutely. Okay. I just (laughs) want to make sure, because that is where I was going. I want to make sure we're on the same page. No, no. What I am (laughs) suggesting is that this show perhaps is interweaving its themes into multiple characters' storylines. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but that's boring. Let's talk about alternate (laughs) timelines. Right. Uh, so it's the next day. William and Logan meet El Lazo, who turns out to be Lawrence. Holy shit. Yeah, didn't see that one coming. Well, here's the other thing. I, I really didn't. I said that as if I were being I know, but, but right. And and so when I saw that, I immediately paused. I went to the forums and said, well, shit, I guess there are alternate timelines. Because... What, what makes you say that? Lawrence is off gallivanting. Well, here's the thing. He was drained of blood hanging from a tree. Yeah, and, there, and a day-night cycle passed. Right. So, however, I find it highly unlikely the game is hurting high, the paying customers towards an Easter egg that doesn't exist yet and couldn't possibly exist until the man in black got done with Lawrence and that the man in black wasn't contemplating getting done with Lawrence until Teddy needed blood. So. So, I okay. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know why you assume that the game is hurting them in that direction, and it's not either. Because they're looking for El Lazo. Are you saying El Lazo would have been someone else if Lawrence wasn't ready to take the thing? Well, no, no, no. Take the mantle? No, I'm I'm saying... Because that's a possibility. El Lazo's guy, Slim, right? He's out there doing his thing, whatever. He might not know... A, that Elazo's even gone. But the control room does. The control, control room th- does. Their whole purpose is to keep shit like that from happening. Right. But, so they can lead you... So this is some kind of Easter egg, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as Logan describes it. And I... So you're ruling out oversight from the control room. Like, we didn't realize that this 
would affect this storyline in the same way and it's such a it's a storyline that's so far removed from the society right from from the nexus of the activity there but it's also maybe they didn't care to change it it's also like this super special thing that not everyone finds so it just feels like it's weird for me that that could fizzle because lawrence is off gallivanting somewhere else that's a pretty big change like but maybe it doesn't fizzle like maybe slim takes him back to pariah and yeah elazo isn't there but the civil war comes there right. or or some other big event well, let me happens to like, be equally interesting let me too, put it like this like club 33 i don't know if you're aware of it but it's this big storied special lounge in disneyland okay. that was like walt disney's exclude like that's where he would like meet with celebrities and stuff and he's died and since then like you can become a club member and it's like very expensive and super swanky and it's this little club, like the secret club that you can get to off Main Street. It's like it just has thirty three on the door. And if you're a club member, you know where to go. You can go in there, and that's, that's... wait. But you know where to go, couldn't you? That's just because walk I've in? been on Snopes.com. No, I couldn't because they'd be like, "Are you a club member?" And I'd get so they get the fuck a bouncer out. behind the door. For, I don't know. Like I don't know. I'd have to be a fucking club member. Elbows you. But what I'm getting at is, it would be really weird if I got invited. I became a club member to Club Thirty Three, and I was invited to show up at a particular date and day. Mm-hmm. And then I got there, and there was a big "Sorry, we're closed" sign. That mm-hmm. would be a huge bummer. More than just showing up to Space Mountain as being it's under maintenance. Right. But what if you show up and well, Disney's not there, but. It's still a cool place to hang out, and there's still interesting people. Did they and tell cool me I was going to meet happening. Walt Disney? That I better have an animatronic Walt Disney head. Get him out of the fr- cryo tank. But what if instead we, of- <laughs> I want to talk to the frozen head? Right. Don't tell me I'm going to talk to the frozen head. There's no frozen that head, head, man. Where's Arnold? You yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, no, but what I this mean is, is Walt like- Disney's brother. Give me that. Yeah, smack the head around. Me. I want Walt. What if Vladimir Putin and George Clooney and Sylvester Stallone are in there? <laughs> like, are you are you bummed that you went to the place? Like, okay, I, this is the kind of special pleading I'm talking about. We're 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 no, but they they do orchestrate these things. Like when when they, they see do. something is going wrong, they call in the cavalry. They say they do. Okay, Hector, go in there and rob the bank. They do. But I just think that the fact that El Lazo then becomes Lawrence, who had, they've had a very long relationship with Miss with the Man in Black, is suggestive of the fact that. William is on the previous 30-year-old storyline and becomes the man in black, perhaps. Or Logan, whatever. Sure, I, It's more suggestive of that than it is... I but it's not concrete proof. It's not, and I'm, ne- I'm not going right. to say that, but I do feel yeah. like it's more suggestive than not. Okay. Um, I didn't get through this scene. Logan asks uh, for an introduction to the Confederados, and he fails to uh, get that. But Dolores says some words that convince Lawrence... To let them in on the nitroglycerin heist, and during this heist, things go wrong. William shoots an unarmed man, and then when they go back to the lazo with the nitro, he invites the Confederados out for an evening of celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Dolores was key to getting them into the Confederados. She was. She knew. She seemed to go into a trance and knew kind of the exact words to yes. say to him, as if. She were following a path that she know leads to success here. Is El Lazo part of the robot? When he says he's part of the resistance or, or the rebellion or whatever the hell he's talking, is he? Is that and and the fact that it's got a maze as their logo? Is it possible that he's part of a robot resistance against humans? The, yeah, something like park, that. And that's against like enslavement. And and he recognizes Dolores as being kind of on. Nah, I don't even believe that. Never mind. I don't think that's worth talking <laughs> about. Okay, I don't think. I don't think he is uh, as privy to consciousness as maybe no, some of these other bots. Certainly, he seems to still be on his loop, as it were. Yep. 
despite the Man in Black's best efforts to pull him off that loop. Anyway, yeah, so I, I do think it's interesting that the more we see of Dolores's actions, the more we understand that she is not just remembering her past and informing her present decisions by it, but she is almost following a path toward the center of this maze, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mission that Bernard sent her on, the mission that potentially Arnold sent her on in the past or even in the present. Right. Uh, it's interesting. So then we go over to Elsie, who is trying to get a bot to pour booze correctly, and it is not going well. Uh, she sees the head-bashed host. I think his name is Maurice. Is that what she calls big him? Big guy. Yeah, the big guy who bashed his head in, in the stray. Uh, going to the incinerator, and he, she chases him down. Uh, she blackmails one of the mechanics into giving her five minutes with that host, and when she examines it, she finds a transmitter inside its arm and takes that to Bernard, who doesn't really say anything. Did we already blow past the, the raid on the the Union Army? The raid on the Union Army? Yeah. The the whole, like, when they go out to the desert and they, they hijack the the wagon that's full of nitroglycerin? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. during the heist, uh, things go wrong. Okay, gotcha. Shoots an unarmed man, gotcha. All right. Which... We just really to disturb him. Ble- bro- uh, breeze past that. But there's yeah. also, of, of all the things to talk about, that's pretty straightforward. Okay. So, <laughs> what do you... Okay, first of all, I'm liking Elsie more and more. Sure. As she shows more of her personality. Yes, she's dressed like some neo-Amish Luddite, <laughs> but I can it, it belies her true personality. I can tell she's a fun person to hang out with. Uh, she's apparently into both boy and girl bots. I don't know. She can just appreciate the, the. She can just appreciate the, a, a, a person's package. Sure, but she also kissed that uh, the female one earlier. So right, we know so I'm she's, saying you can. I can. I'm straight, but you know I can appreciate that. Like, you know, uh, Teddy's a good looking man. <laughs> yeah, but I don't the think James you're looking Martin. at his dick and saying, mm, "You got some skills there, buddy." I mean, if I saw a good looking <laughs> dick, I'd be like, "That's a good looking dick." I don't know. <laughs> okay. Sure. Why not? Uh, haven't you ever? Haven't you ever? Uh, never haven't mind. I ever seen no. a dick and said, hmm, "That's a good looking." No, dick. I'm not saying that. But if you've watched porn and you've, you've, you've noticed, like that guy's got a gnarly looking dick. I don't know. Like this is kind oh, of like bringing me twisted, out of scene, or twisted root, or like a... this guy's butthole's particularly busted, and this scene, this 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 particular angle is putting it front <laughs> and center. Like I don't, I, I don't like this guy's I, work. I question directorial <laughs> intent during those moments. <laughs> But that may be the podcast. Talking about climbing in the theory hole. Uh, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yep. Uh, Let me ask you a serious question. Sure. Who is smuggling data out of the park and for what purpose? (sighs) That's a great question. And it's, I, what, I feel like what, it's the question. The, of the other episode. thing is, Holy is it shit. misdirection? I think this is a piece of feedback that I'm actually going to read. Um, but is it possible that data is being smuggled into the park? Yeah. Uh, like this is the work of some kind of uh, hacker who's kind of trying to bring Westworld down from with, without. Like, like, like you so, need you need a, you need to hack a robot, and then you've got the mechanism to spread that. You know, she says it's a transmitter, doesn't she? Well, but trans transmitter, transmitter is not a receiver. receiver. No, really. But I thought I, I took the it as a fact that all re- like all microphones are actually speakers. All speakers are actually microphones. No, transceiver. That's both. Oh, really? I thought every receiver could be a. Uh, my my point every- is, she's a tech. Sure, she would fucking know if this thing. She calls it a transmitter. I don't think she would mistake its function. Eh. She's too be smart talking for about that. colloquialism. I, like, there's so much other tricky shit in this show. If mm-hmm. if all of these theories are to be believed, 
they don't need to go down that hole, and I hope they don't. Okay, like, you're, if you're taking you're, an awful if you're bro- telling me that I can't, firm stance but, on a single word. But but if you can't, if you tell me that I can't trust the judgment of the smart characters in this show who are looking at evidence and saying this is what it is, then I don't know what fucking show you're, you're making, Mister Robot. But what I'm saying is, like, you're, what you're trusting the technical ability of the writer who's picking a very word, which which by the way, I'm fairly technical and I would use that word interchangeably. But it's not just she doesn't just say it's a transmitter. She says someone is smuggling data out. That, but she understands that. Therefore, I okay. trust her when she says right. that. Because I, I don't know how to interpret a show that doesn't play honest with that stuff. It could be it's it, Mister it Robot be, season two, and I fucking hated that. It could so. be an well. I don't think it's a willful. If it's if it's an error, I don't think it's a willful one. And I think it's something that you know uh, she could just be mistaken on because she would she would see why people would want to get data out because there's lots of like is i mean she could be thinking this is tmz right because we've talked about how one of the terms of delos's conditions are that you can't record anything and send it out whereas like if you know mm-hmm. you got this high profile guy like ed harris who's rolling some philanthropic uh uh, organization, it turns out he likes to murder Indians and rape lawn girls on the weekends, then that could be damaging to him. Right. Because uh, also, mean, otherwise, I, why would you want to be getting data out of Westworld anyway? Like, what? I don't know. Like, that's the question I'm asking. What is the purpose of getting data out of Westworld? I don't know either. I think that there's clear, like, the, a lot of things would make sense if people were getting data in, if they were putting malicious code into these robots. But. I. <laughs> But you don't. You seem pretty but, but why, convinced that's not. Then a possibility. why do you believe what anyone says in this show? Because people why are do you believe in to make mistakes, word. man. Why, but why do? You, why don't you apply that everywhere else in the show? Well, everyone is mistaken when they ha- say well, come anything. Come on, you have to have evidence to have some kind of theory. And like the fact that the robots are going berserk is my evidence that someone's fucking with them. It could be. But we know who's fucking with them. Ford's fucking with. He's them. one of them. But it could be that like it's got there's there's a, there could be that we're going to find out there's an interaction between both these sets of codes that means that no one's in control. Like Ford, he's making these okay. changes, but he feels like he's in control. I think if this is interacting with right. code that he's not aware of, you could have like some kind of Jurassic Park situation where like, well, we got frog DNA and they're all girls. They can't mate versus Jeff Goldblum. Life finds a way. I, that's all I'm saying. Sure. Uh, that could be the case. I don't think it is. Uh, because that, that's just that, how I feel. You know, in Jurassic Park, there you go. you got a highly trained scientist making definitive statements of what can and can't happen. You know, but he but was then wrong. You ha- but then you have, you have the exact opposite on the other side. You have Jeff Goldblum saying, chaos theory, life finds a way. Sure. All that stuff. Maybe you Jeff don't Goldblum shows up next week. It. You don't know. Maybe he does. I bet he's got a nice cock. Right. Yeah. That's That's <laughs> the one I'm looking for. Uh, so William, Dolores, and Logan join the celebration at the brothel. Logan wants to join Shaped the... Shaped like a fly antenna is the only problem. <laughs> Logan wants to join up with the Confederados, but William can't go along with him. He's just not that kind of guy. Uh, Logan berates William until he gets so angry he slams him against a wall, and Dolores takes that opportunity to leave um, while their backs are turned, and she finds a fortune teller who hands her a maze card and turns into Dolores, who then tells... Dolores to follow the maze uh, she gets creeped out and she runs until she spots El Lazo pumping nitro into Lawrence and replacing it with tequila holy shit it's it's a a scam. yeah well, I'm just going to go to the end of this scene Okay. Um, she grabs William convinces him they have to run uh, they have a big fat kiss in that moment their first one if I recall correctly probably uh, the confederados discover they've been duped and then they beat and drag Logan away William chooses not to help him and then gets cornered himself and Dolores jumps in 
saves the day with her gun skills. They hop a train out, only to find a lazo on the train. They're headed to the front. And then Dolores has another flash when she sees a maze symbol on a coffin, and she says, I'm coming. Okie doke. Lots um, of stuff to talk about here. <laughs> let's get the obvious thing. What did you think of the pariah orgy? I feel... I feel I, like okay, yeah. after True Detective and Game of Thrones and uh, like I have become so jaded by this stuff mm-hmm. that I don't know what they're like my my question is what are they trying what are they trying to to show here because this stuff like why is Logan like suddenly so interested in the golden whores when he was dismissing them as you know like I feel like that all this stuff is so passe now like is yeah, it supposed no, to be I'm, shocking? Is it supposed to be depraved? Is it supposed to be erotic? I don't... It was none of those things It was none me. of those things for me either. It was just window dressing at this point. And I don't know what that says about me as a jaded HBO viewer. I don't know what I'm looking for in a pariah orgy. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean, I... So a lot of people got pretty up in arms about this scene. Did and, they? And I... On the internet, yeah. About what? Why? Specifically that it was over the top. They didn't need to show this. It was too much. Okay. Uh, you know, the same stuff they've said about HBO shows for what? How long has been HBO? I mean, is this your first HBO stuff? show and you're saying that? That's right. what I... Right. Because I'm, clearly, I'm over it, too. I don't... If, if you had the whorehouse in Sweetwater, which is pretty, you know, Logan's rolling three and four dudes and girls deep in that, like, you have to do right. something that's even bigger and better. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, like, I just don't know, like, we're, we're just so jaded as a society. But then again, you got people, like, going off the moral deep end with this stuff. So right, I guess but, I retract my uh, accusations that this thing is so timid and passe at this point that it has no effect on people because it certainly still does, I guess. Well, it is it is there as window dressing. I think that's the point. It's to show you that, like Logan says, things out in Pariah are more epic. The storylines keep getting bigger and badder. And, mm-hmm. like, there and plus, are things these happening. these pleasures in- pale in comparison to war. Like, <laughs> right, okay, right. so. Sure, sure, old man, whatever you say. Better go play Call of Duty now because it's better than the whorehouse simulator. Right, but uh, honestly, to me, I, I think, I, I don't know that it had to be there to convey that information, but right. it does help to convey the idea that Pariah is a place where, Nothing is taboo. Everything is available to you. And the these these pleasures or or horrors that you see in town in Sweetwater mm-hmm. are just amplified out here. Mm-hmm. Like this is the biggest version of that you're gonna see. Yeah, I guess I it's the way the Westworld universe has gone is it would be less eyes wide shut and more Marquis Marquis Mar- 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 de Sade like you know, where's the dude like in chains getting branded or people mm-hmm. getting limbs lopped? I mean, I'm I'm not saying that's my personal taste, right? But if you want to show like anything goes, this is more hedonistic and less sadistic. And everything I've seen Westworld so far says that the jaded players in this Easter egg world would go probably the sadistic route, right? So, but I don't. Know I how thought many... compared to what I was expecting to see in that room, I felt like they were pulling their punches. I'm not sure how many actual players are out here. That's true. I don't know if anybody's a player. Other if anybody's than Logan a guest. and William, and I think Logan's right. a host. I've definitely <laughs> okay. got concrete evidence that he's a host. Right. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that this isn't uh, – that's the other thing. Like, man, you want to talk about free fall financially, you're just putting on this orgy every single every night. Single, and, and people get having to get cleaned you up, clean up and that cleaned out. Paint. And yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, what a cleanup operation! Plus, like, I, 
I hope that skin is actually gold because the last thing I want is to like have a bunch of gold paint smeared at me, right? You know, yeah. on me and have that's that's <laughs> what you do last night, huh? right? Right? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you sure you went to the saloon? Just, uh-huh. I visited King Midas. He's got the touch. What What do you want me to say? <laughs> Um, so what did you think about the confrontation between Logan and William? Because honestly, this is the first point where William kind of got on my nerves. Like now it's like, okay, yeah, Logan's the original dick mm-hmm. and he's like hijacking you to go do something cool. But once you decided to like, okay, fine, I'll do this black hat thing. Why? I mean, this is still a game, right? Uh-huh. I mean, I guess Dolores is fucking with him. Is that what the fact that she seems more conscious and is, is making him no longer have the stomach? That's part of it, yeah. Um, because this, I this think he lost go... the stomach when he shot those unarmed men, too. I, I think... But that's the thing. This continuing to conflate this with, like, you know, maybe they need to have a conversation about William saying, this is. I think this is real. I think this is realer than you think, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Whereas they just seem to, like, be still having this fight about, like, well, you're not playing the game the way I want to play it, so that makes you evil, which is Well, he is tries to bring false. it up with Logan. He does a couple times. He's like, uh, "Don't say that around her. Like, uh, don't talk about her like that." Or but, something but like that. But he's using the. He's he's honestly. I would be on Logan's side because I'm like, really, you're anthropomorphizing this fucking robot. Well, I think There's he no, says something in this episode that specifically she seems points different. to like. Yeah, and then Logan says, yeah. "Well, of course she seems different. That's the what she's programmed to make you feel special." Hello, right? And that's the thing that William's so annoyed with is that he's just dismissing it. He's not taking it seriously yeah. at all. And. Yeah, I don't know what I'm wanting to see, but like I, I, I can see why you'd be angry at William because it is his first time in here, and maybe like he doesn't understand the tricks as well as Logan right. does. Yeah, but from a viewer perspective, like which I, I guess I would like there, to see a not scene. A trick. I, maybe that would that would blow it up, but like a scene where he's like, "I'm gonna have a conversation with uh, Dolores." You watch, mm-hmm. and like, "Hey, Dolores, what do you think about the real world?" And like, "Is this your?" You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I want to see here. It's just. Except I'm bored with, like, if this is continuing to argue within the context of a video game, then it's super dumb to talk about what is and isn't moral or good or bad. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, him and Logan are not able to even have a conversation about this, like, rational adults is annoying. Right. So. I immediately recognized this song. Which song? That they're playing in this brothel. Oh, shit. I didn't. It's Nine Inch Nails. Oh, which one? Uh, Something I Can Never Have, which <laughs> I don't know... I can't remember the lyrics off the top of my head, but right. I was like, man, that sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Nine Inch Nails. Um, I don't know what they're trying to say with that song. I, probably just about as much as they tried to say with Black Hole Sun. Mm-hmm. But uh, It's more thematic in flavor. Yeah. Uh, what, cool. what did you think about... The, so do we want to talk about more about the William and Logan showdown? Because I feel like Logan just handed William his, his ass there. Well, he, he Whether proved William that be- he was the kind of guy he thought he was, right? Yes. That he would be mostly harmless or yes. entirely harmless. Yes. Um, but then I think William defies that later on in choosing not to help Logan out. In the video game situation? Because <laughs> Logan's not yeah, hurt, I, being hurt. In fact, Logan smiles when he does it. Like, oh, you're finally starting to play the game. He's being hurt. He's just not being killed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sure. Like, Logan's going to pay a price. Right, right, right. I mean, fights would be a lot more fun if you could eliminate the fact that you might get killed or you might have some dude break your fucking floating orbital right. socket, you know? Yeah. If it was just like, yeah, we're going to be Looney Tunes characters, it, it yeah. probably you'd have more fights. That's a tussle. What do you think about Dolores peeling that wire out of her arm? Like, that's a yeah. clear callback to the satellite uplink, right? I thought so, but a lot of people are saying, oh, that's just 
part of the fibers that make make up these really things you're going to have elsie pull out a thread out of some robot's arm and then five minutes later and robot hallucinates and doing the same thing and you're going to say that's just a thing yeah that's not the language of storytelling you you fundamentally misunderstand how to tell a story here and i which I is, think it's about the antenna. Which is why that's the other piece of evidence that I think points to there's some outside meddling. Because if it's hinting the fact that she has one of these inside her as well, two robots that we absolutely know went off the deep end had these things inside them. Mm-hmm. And then Maeve is the other one. But then, uh, you know, we haven't talked about the whole, you know, Pontypool-style infection by command word. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of, you know, Maeve started going kooky when uh dolores whispered the violent uh these violent uh what is it the violent violent ends have or violent delights have violent ends violent ends and that's what start that's what her father said to her to start her down her little wormhole so i got a piece of theory uh a little niblet of theory and then we see you. we see how transformative these things can be like you know uh Anthony Hopkins whispers a little bit of something to Mr. Flood and suddenly Teddy turns into Superman. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff is, it's all, I don't know where it's going, they're, but they're all, yeah. I'm command saying, words. Hey, it's there. <laughs> right. There are certainly command words. Right. Um, and, and I'm actually wondering like when, when William turns around and shouts Dolores run, if that's not some kind of command word that she's rebelling against hmm. in that moment that causes her to, you know, whip out the pistol and hmm. murder some fools. Okay, I'm gonna try to take her at her robot word, but okay. Uh, uh, how about this? Which, by the so, way, that's—I mean, we haven't talked about Evan Rachel Wood looks really badass as a bandit. Oh yeah, I fucking love she, her. New I wish—I wish we could have seen her go into robot like gunslinger mode. They—they like, right. they cut away from that, but I really wanted to see her like in she's rapid. Got some serious skills. Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, I mean, she's a, almost like a robot that can. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a real hoorah kind of yeah girl power moment, sure. right? Which. I'm sitting next to my girlfriend on the couch watching it, and she's like, yes, yes, awesome. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, it's because you're jaded because you, 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 your I've sex has Firefly. been a hero a million times. Oh, yeah, Well, true. I've seen Firefly. So this is her River Tam moment, right? Like, <laughs> turns out to be way more than you thought she was, just some damsel in distress. Sure. Uh, but let's go back real quick to the transmitter because I have a, th- I have a niblet of a theory here okay. to chew on. Do you think it's possible that when the man in black drags her to the barn and whips out his knife, that he's not actually there for anything other than to implant this thing in her. Possibly, yeah. Okay. And taking her back to the beginning, like... So there's the niblet. Okay. Run with it. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, Uh, I don't believe that he was there to rape Dolores. There's no fucking way at this point. uh, mm, I'm not sure of that, but okay. Um, that's your niblet. You just gave me a niblet that says that. And now you're like, don't equivocate. It's, but it's just man. a niblet. <laughs> like the Why plain not reading both? of it. The plain you reading can, of it. You're gonna plan is... a probe and then plan a probe. Yeah, sure. Uh, so at the end of this scene, there's something really interesting that happens that points to multiple timelines. Okay. In in what I view as a, a fairly clear way. But I want to see what you think of it. Okay. At the end of this scene, when Dolores sees the maze on the coffin, uh-huh. and the camera pans around, and she says, I'm coming, William and Lawrence are gone. 
I was hoping you'd say that because this this also I feel like they taught us to look for these things in the fortune teller scene because the fortune teller was there, right. then it was Dolores, and then the gone. fortune teller's gone. Okay. Yeah. So what so I'm not sure if that says that William's timeline is in the past necessarily. It could be that this is some kind of flashback again that we're seeing now to where she was on the train by herself. Right. Um, and she's reliving this all with William and Logan in the future. But but I think it does point to multiple timelines. Okay. Unless she's just straight up hallucinating, which is always a possibility. Is also on the table. Sure. Um so I I don't know, I'm I'm coming around on the idea of multiple multiple periods of time here, but I'm not necessarily sure which like what scenes belong to that. Yeah. Anyway, Men in Black and Teddy enter a saloon where Ford approaches him for a drink. They chat about the park and the maze for a while until Ford grows tired of it and leaves. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in here. What was Ford? Why was Ford there? He was clearly there to confront the man in black. But to talk him to out talk of it? Him. Because ultimately he enabled him. Right. Not Yeah, not necessarily to talk him out of it. Just to have an interaction with the man in black. And I don't know if something he said may have pushed the man in black further down the road. Right. Um, and why, and why is the, the man path? in black so antagonistic to Dr. Ford? Is it just that he's, he's playing his, his villain role? No, they clearly have a past relationship. I mean, he calls him Robert. He doesn't say when he says a rare Mr. honor, Ford, not like he, oh, meet you for the first time. It's almost like oh, this doesn't you know this doesn't. These happen. are old acquaintances. Okay, yeah. um, right. and, and they're on a first name basis, which tells me that they were once at least pretty close. Well, the other thing we we find out about the outside world is that it's it seems like a utopia. It seems like it's gone to Star Trek, commu- you know, Star Trek socialist communist, where there's a, a world of plenty. Right. And we talked about this in other podcasts. The fact that AI. If you had AI and advanced robotics and some kind of unlimited energy, mm-hmm. you would effectively um, – I mean, there's two ways you could go. There's one way where the rich own all of the production and they no longer need us as labor and that you essentially have the Morlocks and the Eloy from the time traveler, the time machine. Mm-hmm. The other one is like there's no longer any need for people to work. Right. So you make you give everyone some kind of guaranteed basic income and like you know one of the uh, what I've always subscribed to is if you could ever get society to that point we would we would we would collectively make the renaissance look like a third grade art show. Right. And like the advances of science and and arts and um everything would would increase because you'd free people from the drudgery of having to produce and you just let you know obviously we got a share of dumbasses but you've also got a share of geniuses with their nose at the grindstone that because of lack of opportunity lack of education they're not they're not maximizing their potential right um ed harris has a surprisingly dim view of this uh you know he's taking Mm -hmm. the uh view of like these people don't have to work anymore and they don't have purpose in their lives which i find fairly unimaginative but that's his viewpoint does this, does this tie back at all to the greyhound story is i think it, so it, does it apply at large to society i i mean that i i think so like it's a it's a pretty cynical pessimistic um right. view of of humanity in the world but this is westworld so sure um but yeah i i i thought that was interesting that what does that mean 
what does Westworld being expensive mean in the context of a world where almost everyone has a comfortable standard of living and everyone's income is it, the way right, he talked how, about Westworld is almost like it is a Walt Disney World thing where essentially everyone goes at some point. Like if if you don't go to Walt Disney World, okay, you either have to be right. very very you have to be very poor or you just decided not to go. Because mm-hmm. if you want to go to Disney World, it's within most people that's 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 not in poverty's reach. Right. You might have to save up for a year or two, uh you, but but you can you can get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh that's a so so most people can go for a day. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, I'm not, not saying people can month. do the full month package. Days, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he's almost accusing Ford of being the bread and circuses that keep society from falling apart. So, is he got this like anarchy capitalist view that he wants to tear it all down so that people can truly be free? Or maybe uh, I, I don't know, but it seems like the park is the one thing that's letting them not be bored to death essentially. Right. And if he wants to destroy the park or, or maybe he's angry about it himself in that he's now bored. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe Ford's story is applying to the man in black. Like you, you mentioned. Yeah. The that he, he thinks that there's something deeper that the creator wanted to express. He also rejects because Ford's like, well, just ask. And he's like, no, not you, the other guy who died. I want to know about his story. Right. Right. Um, and then I, I also love the part where he threatens Dr. Ford and Teddy goes into, like, fucking shut that shit down mode. Yeah, it's the Good Samaritan Clause kicking in. Oh, I think it's it's even stronger than that. It's like, don't fuck with Dr. Ford Clause. Like, I don't know that everybody so. gets that. I mean, I don't know. I just well, thought the it was one thing we do know badass. exists is the Good Samaritan Clause. Yeah, true. Um, so I'm going to chalk reflex. it up to that. Yeah, okay. it's possible that it's more, and we do know that Ford has direct command over these things. But Right. Um, yeah, for my money, it was Good Samaritan Okay. Now, so, but but it seemed like that's the tenor of the conversation turned when yeah. he brought up Albert, um, and that like maybe he was trying to block him, but he's like, oh, you go, Albert going, Arnold, Arnold, fuck, okay, yeah, Arnold, oh, you go down the Arnold Trail, well, then okay, best of luck, dude, right. which makes me think because he go back also to the little girl saying this is not for you, like mm-hmm. again, I feel like the this is something that Arnold made for the robots, not for the people. Right, and maybe that's what he's going to find out at the center of the maze. He's going to be that greyhound that, that's caught the cat, and they're what now? Now what? This, yeah, this got seems... me no step closer to understanding myself or the world right. than ever. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting conversation here. Yeah, um, and then I wonder is this is this a command word at the end when he says we must look back and smile at perils past, mustn't we? taps teddy on the shoulder and teddy immediately shoots his whiskey and says let's go i did definitely agree that that was like ignore the fact that you're low on blood <laughs> right get on with your mission right so he's actively Although pushing this real flesh forward. and blood bodies what does that even mean right so how can you just ignore being low on blood i mean there's a lot of things that we could probably ignore if we could you know the body does a lot of things to try to save you that if you just mm-hmm. you know we talked about like if you want to use 100 of your strength or if you had complete control over your endocrine system, you could probably overcome a lot more than we do right. as far as shock and stuff. It's just, you know, we didn't evolve uh, to have a benefit from doing so. Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know what Ford's game is here, but he's clearly playing one and also, he's pushing him along the path. Also, how is Teddy so instrumental in getting to Wyatt when it seems like they're 
were at cross purposes. I don't know. There's a, there's something about what Dr. Ford programmed Teddy to believe about Wyatt and the fact that he's key to getting Wyatt. But, like, just any old guest could go on the Wyatt quest, it seemed like, because the one mm-hmm. woman that we saw and another guy, they were on that quest and, you know, they got... Uh, it, it didn't work out for him. They ended up running. Right. We haven't found out what happened to that woman, but um, I don't know. It's kind of weird that um, there's some kind of dichotomy to Teddy's relationship to Wyatt. Hmm. There's a lot not, of people. I'm not sure what you mean exactly. There's a lot of people saying you're going to f- track down Wyatt, and if it turns out that he's going to be um, not Alfred Arnold. Arnold. He's yeah. going to be Arnold. Sure. He's going to be this old guy who's been living be. out in the desert for 34 years. Yeah. Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. Anyway, Felix tries to fix the bird again, and he succeeds, but then it lands on a completely awake Maeve's finger, and she wants to chat. (sighs) Wow. What the hell? I mean, I don't even know what to say about that scene, except for what you just did. Like, it's... (laughs) How does she know his name? Has she been awake this whole time? To what end? Why does the bird land on her finger? Like, what what does any of this mean? What does she want to chat about? (laughs) Yeah, why would Felix ever just not shut... Just be like, oh, well, okay... Hit the panic button and have the goon, have Stub and his goons come in to hose her down. Like, right? Yeah. How is this going to advance the plot? Do you have any theories? Do you have anything? Uh, I mean, Maeve is also on a similar quest of self discovery here. So I, I mean, this is quite obviously part of it. It's just she seems to got she seems to have gotten outside the world in a way that no one else on the show has. So she might be. She might be there for that purpose hmm. to show show where the seams are, I guess, between the world and Westworld. Yeah, I just hope they have a good explanation for why Felix doesn't just like. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like Elsie blackmailed the one guy with the fact that he's been a spooge factory. Like, I get, could a robot blackmail a human with the fact that you've been playing around with a bird? I suppose so. You know, I don't know. You should just tell her. To rest in deep and dreamless slumber. <laughs> right. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm putting you in sleep mode. So yeah. good, good theory, Maeve. I, I, I'm very curious to see how this doesn't just fizzle because it feels like it should fizzle. God damn it. Yeah. You know what else should fizzle? What? People writing articles about how Westworld is like a video game. I can't like... Every single week, there are 15 new articles on 15 of these big websites that are like, everything you need to know about Westworld is informed by video games. Well, and to I'm be like, fair, no we... fucking shit, dipshits. <laughs> like, we've been on this trail since day one, okay. since the preview came out three years ago. Uh, okay. It's Jesus funny that you're having this Christ. reaction. Because, like, I'm sure there's, like, what, 60 <laughs> Westworld podcasts, and probably 30 of them have talked about, like, just like us, their experience with the video games and how it ties into Westworld. But, like, if someone puts in a print article, it's, like, beyond the fucking pale. But it's every, t- like, it's yeah. all the time. Every single article I see is about Westworld compares. The comparisons to video games. We were doing that before it was cool. We were doing that before anyone knew there was going to be a Westworld series. It's like... What? Yeah, like how... Man, I've had so many conversations about this type of thing. Oh, okay. I mean, Westworld isn't a new concept. Video sure. games are not a new concept. Yes, all the same principles apply. Get over it. 
Hey, everybody. Before we get the feedback, I want to tell you how you can support Bald Move because uh, we're independent podcasters. Uh, the the bulk of our revenue, you'll notice we don't have a lot of ads. Uh, it's all generated by our club. If you go to club.baldmove.com, you can find out how you can uh, support Bald Move and get some special features. The one I want to talk about this week is we do these movie, the uh, first run Bald Movies, where we go see a movie the night before its official release, and we have a podcast out that night, so it's ready for your enjoyment on the weekend. And we have a free version of the podcast that is spoiler-free and is, gives us our general opinions, but we also do deep dives in the spoiler section, which is for club members only. And uh, this week we're seeing Doctor Strange. Next week, uh, the, uh, Arrival, which is seems like a pretty uh, more of a, a solid um, hard science fiction uh, story about aliens and, and being on, on the earth. Um, and it stars Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. So, um, it's again, not an independence day type of science fiction. It's more of a, a hard sci-fi. Uh, we'll have spoiler reviews of both of those for club members. We also have ad free feeds, uh, for, uh, for the club members. So you don't have to hear us giving his pitch. Uh, we got weekly, uh, shows with Q and a, and just us talking about random topics called lunch with Jim and Aaron and evening shows, versions of that cocktails, or on the rocks is what we call that one, right? Mm-hmm. I get I get our own shows confused, and just other bonus uh, audio and video episodes. You can watch us record the episodes live. So if you're sitting at work bored, uh, you could have already been listening to this podcast, or at least watching it be recorded. Uh, all that stuff at club.baldmove.com. Uh, I encourage you guys to check that out and uh, see if you can help us out. Thanks. We have feedback. Are we ready to talk about this, or do we have some closing thoughts? We've we've managed. This is this is setting a new world record for I think just the recap analysis part. We're ninety minutes yeah. in. And we haven't even got the feedback now. Get used to that. The good news is so much of the feedback was people getting the brick bat out and beating us between the eye. I, I guess they thought we would still fight the whole two timelines theory and people just exhaustively going over the information. I felt like I rolled all of that into. The, the 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 podcast proper okay i may mean, not go and exhaust of like here's all the things that we could possibly but like that stuff easy to find on the internet and we've kind of talked about it as we've gone so right um unfortunately most of the theories are just got rolled into our our recap so um let's continue but again that stuff is valuable because that definitely you know i was heading that direction anyway but like a lot of that stuff helped form my my analysis uh, Jason E. said, last week you guys asked why the mechanics wear the hazmat suits when it hit the park to clean up. I think the answer boils down to two words, pubes and cum. Can you even imagine what it would be must like to apply for your dream job at Westworld only to find out that your entry-level position involves scooping out the buckets of jizz that must be shot in every orifice imaginable on a daily basis? Oh, and when you're done with that, make sure you get all the pubes, too. There's no way that they keep those new mechanics around unless hazmat suits are part of the company-provided uniform. Westworld Local Number 7, Mechanics Union probably got the no-spunk contra- contact clause worked into the first collective bargaining agreement, especially since the terms and conditions state the park gets to keep all the biological matter for some mysterious purpose down the road. This um, guy's really got a, a genitalia and reproductive hang-up. No mention of vomit. No mention of... Uh well, that's the thing. Other gory, you work for You work for things. a department store. You work for a gas station. It's, it's a given that you're going to clean up shit, piss, and vomit. Right. It's a given. And if you don't, if you, if you balk at doing it, you're probably getting your walk, walking papers. I myself would probably draw the line at like blood or jizz. Like I go into uh, some restroom and some dude has, has painted the walls white. I'm going to be like, you can fire him if you want, but you, the, 
the Department of Labor going to hear about it? This uh-huh. is some repugnant shit, man. Come on. We're talking about a future with VR tanks and lifelike robots. You can't get some bot to clean that up yeah, for you? that's another... What why, the fuck? Why are they so de- dependent on human labor to do this? Clean? That's a very good and, point. And they clearly have hosts waiting to greet the guests as they I come into the park. I think what you're getting park, at is like, Felix is a host. And Stubbs and Elsie and Bernard <laughs> and Ford and Teresa. But no, that's them all a, in there. That, that, so there's there's the tension in the show between what seems stupid, but it's just part of the universe, right. and what is actually intentional things we're supposed to pick up on, and are, not, right. are there's plot holes and things that they're hoping we don't notice. And I point out absurdities for fun, but obviously but, it's part of the show. But I don't know exactly. I don't think those lines are as clean and as bright as they want them to be. You're right because like the like I eventually, I eventually put the the kibosh on the simunition, but that shit was still raging in the mailbag when I put the kibosh on it. Right. So like. There's and then people getting sh- the scenery getting shot up and all that stuff and now we got the guys focusing on the the biohazard suits like yeah. there's creaks uh, in you, the you, seams you of this. You've got a cum bot that just goes up and does nothing but cleans up the cum. Right. You got a shit bot. He goes in, cleans up the shit. But but you got to do. I mean, you have to do because he also goes on to point out that like since we know these bots can get infections, like that's scary. Since you're recycling bots and you know you've got. Uh, you know, different uh, sexually transmitted disease. Now, Ford did say they've mastered all disease, right? Right. So yeah. maybe, maybe your de- maybe your detox uh, decompression at Delos is having the super antibiotic administered to your your genitals, so that whatever exotic disease that you've got goes away. Right. Or maybe part of the android's blood is just it's it's just it's 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 just all Z pack. Like, but there, there's it's no liquid Z pack disease that has evolved beyond the capabilities of this society. Like you get, imagine if you fucked things at Disney World. How many I mean, people you, just turn through there? If you got there. nanotechnology based medicine, like if you could have like smart Robbie, that's like it's game over for disease, man. Because the only thing that d- makes disease possible is the fact that our immune system is not quite sophisticated enough to recognize all threats all the time. Right, like if you could have something like a ant, like a Norton's antivirus that you get updates for and get shot. Yeah, I just feel like it's game over evolution at that point. Hmm. Uh, Adam, I want to get your opinion. Could it be that Ford is fully aware of Dolores and Maeve's situation because he programmed them to act in this way? What if Ford has been presented truthfully in the show and doesn't have a hidden agenda like we all suspect? If we simply take everything he has said at face value, then I think he truly believes that robots are just machines and can never be conscious. Everything they do is based on the program they have received. I think Ford is treating his park like his own game of SimCity. He can care less about the guests, but needs to involve them because his company obviously needs to make money to fund his game. Some different programmers or employees have said in various episodes now that Ford's new storyline is causing existing storylines to become muddled, and they don't know if the host actions are planned or off script. I think this is something he's been working on for some time now, and he was the one that brought the Man in Black back to try it all out. So I think, as I, I had to cut a lot of this to, to make it fit within the podcast, but the theory is that this is just the next evolution of making robots appear lifelike that he knows full damn well that they're not. I don't know about the... the I mean, I, I think those lines are pretty blurry. I don't know how he would be so certain about that. I don't either. Um, he's, a very, he's a very interesting character. Like, yeah. it's very hard to pin him down. Is he good? Is he evil? Is he just being a dick to people that he thinks are going to be dicks to him? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know. What is this? Again, I wish I knew. And it was so good seeing, like, I think Ed Harris is one of the, you know, great actors we have kicking around today, one of the great character actors. You got Anthony Hopkins. It was so cool seeing seeing these guys, these old dudes, like, you know, swinging for defenses in a scene opposed to each other. Yeah. Um, but it's tough because who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? Well, the man in black is clearly bad. <laughs> uh, he's wearing all black. Sure. Uh, Ford's got white hair, so he essentially has a white hat on. But he's also a uh, Hannibal Lecter. That's true. He would also eat your kidneys. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. They could both be bad. How about that? Yeah, uh, how and about who's that? who's to say what's bad in this world? Yeah, I mean, good, yeah, we're going to climb down the theory hole again. Yep. Uh, Sean has some thoughts on things. Consciousness. If the topic of consciousness in the host is based somewhat around their knowledge or awareness of what they are and what they know of the real world as well as the true nature of their guest... Are we the viewers to make? Uh, what are we of the viewers to make of hosts in the compound? Like Angela, Angela, if you'll recall, is Elon Musk's ex-wife. She was the one who inducted William right. into Westworld. Uh, he continues. She seems far more aware, even complete, completely so, of her situation and nature of her existence. So, are these hosts conscious, or at least more so than their Western counterparts? Uh, personality. Angela seemed also to adjust her personality to accommodate William's timidness and hesitation, even going so far as to make a sexual advance based on the assumption of his desires. Should we think that this is simply within Angela's personality, or is it an adjustment to the pleasure of the guest? Furthermore, if the latter is true, how should we understand the limits of the bot's programmed personality against the desires of the guests when a men in black drags Dolores off to assault her or to implant a satellite uplink? It seems natural to assume that she reacts not only within her personality, but also as any human would in that situation, with terror, anger, and disgust. This happens to play in with what the man in black arguably wants, which is a struggle. What if, on the other hand, the guest wants to play along with the story, but also wants to do something that contradicts the personality of the host? What if, for example, a guest makes their way out of the Armistice Hector storyline and plays it as a tough baddie, then along the way desires a consensual three-way with Hector and Armistice? How do you think this would be handled? Would they be laughed at, shot at? Would the host find a seamless way to make it happen naturally, even though this is probably not of interest to their program personalities? You know what? I would like a three-way with Hector and you. (laughs) Sure, why not? That sounds great. Well, I wonder if, like... Not seamless. If they tried to do that, like if the robots would be like, oh, initiate drinking game routine. This is, you know, like we'll just get the characters drunk enough that they would do... uh, I mean, I know that's not authentic assent, but, like, if that would work out into the game world or whether the right. hosts would pick up on their flirting and just, like, naturally start, like... Yeah, so I, I think as long as it doesn't violate one of their primary drives, whatever they called them, um, I, I imagine they would be amenable to most things. Now, maybe their drive is to do this bank heist and that's just not in the cards and yeah. you just can't make it happen. Right. But, like, even Dolores, like, you know, she's the quote-unquote good girl... And I feel like that, you know, as many people that has expressed a desire to rape her in the show, there'd probably be those many people that would like to the quote unquote challenge of just wooing her. Like right. that's like, you know, that's a memorable experience, too. Like you got this girl who, you know, is in love with this uh, Teddy guy and then somehow you win her affections and you win her to her side in some kind of authentic quote unquote way. Right. You know, just by, instead of taking it by force, and there's all kind of continuum in between there. Um, I don't know that would it be interesting to see some stuff where they explore that, like how because we've so far seen like whores 
and we've uh, that that are there and willing to be used, and we've seen people be raped. I, I've never seen anyone. everybody seems to have a role. I guess William and Dolores, except for the wild card of Del- Dolores, is she's conscious. Right. And she needs him in some way, and that he also is attracted to her on some level. Um, but that, I guess, is the closest you could get to, like, because both of those people were opposed to getting a romantic connection, and now they've gradually, and I, I'm, I'm using the term people to, dis- to describe Dolores, but right. they're both kind of moved to a point where they're having some kind of romantic connection. Or is she mm-hmm. just using him? Uh, no, I don't think she's just using him. Um, but I, I don't know. I also think it's Maybe. interesting that this guy who took it for granted that having sex with a robot is cheating on his potential spouse is just now going to do it. Well, I mean, it like that took a long time to get there, right? Like, uh, I mean, a couple days. Like, I don't. If I was uh, Logan's sister, I don't know if I would be like, look, I wouldn't be pissed if you had sex with a robot. But since you think it's cheating, I'm kind of pissed. Right, right. But what I'm saying is. It's not totally out of the blue. They are in dire circumstances. Uh, they have been venturing together. Like those connections are made. Dire circumstances. Those- if, if I'm if I'm Logan's sister, I'm like, Di- oh, in the video game, you were threatened in the video game. F- fuck, <laughs> fuck Logan's <laughs> wife, uh, fiance, whatever it is. Like she doesn't factor into the equation that's happening right now. Yeah. Other than to say that she is a pressure on him not to hook up with Dolores. Now there are pressures outside of that that are telling him too hook up with Dolores, right? I'm just saying like, that, this like... this shit happens all the time in the real world. I don't know why it's, like, oh, yeah, beyond it's the people... pale that it would happen inside Westworld. I'm not saying it's, 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 uh, it's beyond the pale, um, but I do feel like that William's cheating on his wife mm. from his point of view, because that's the point of view he expressed. I don't... Well, okay. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying... I don't in... know... I'm not saying that there is an empirical definition of cheating that works when you throw unconscious robots into right. it. But I do that's think that if a couple decides goes. that, hey, if you go and have sex with a robot, that's not cool. Right. Or if you yourself decide it's not it's not cool to have sex, I would feel guilty. And then you rationalize in your head, to me, you've cheated. What about this? His wife doesn't give a shit. She's obviously been in this park and f- fucked, a, fucked a couple of cowboys, according to Logan. Uh what if William just changes his mind? Well, I mean, I do think that it's besides a, it's, it's not that's, cheating. That's, that's a the power that all uh, people of free will have that they can change their mind. But it's awfully, you know, did he have a change of heart or is he just horny? I mean, that's the right. thing where you open yourself up to ac- accusation when you're talking about time frames of a few days. Like, did you have an authentic conversion to the idea that having sex with robots is harmless, or did you just get horny for Dolores and right. have feelings for her? Right, sure, that's the question. Ultimately, I don't give a shit about any of this. Uh, I don't think it's relevant to the plot, necessarily. That's stuff I like to think about, so yeah. there you go. Uh, I just made it relevant to this podcast. <laughs> well, I think his his discussion was also along the lines of, like, where's the line between, you know, bots and consciousness? And mm. I think a lot of that has to do with the free will, the idea yeah. that, like, maybe they have a drive that wasn't programmed into them. I, mm. I would certainly say that Dolores qualifies under that. Sure. Um, Unless this whereas is just, a Teddy does not. This is just some Arnold hanky-panky. Like, is this an authentic drive she's having, or is this programming that's that's been sure. dormant? I mean, well, that's... Well, it's, it's a drive that we we are at least unsure that she has been programmed with. Um, Maybe the we gra- haven't seen her programmed Maybe with. the Greyhound is we, the viewer. We are chasing down these things that then when we oh, finally get bored. the answer, we're going to, <laughs> like, well, well, now what? Right. 
Uh, Megan G says uh, she's um, been delving into the Delos Incorporated website under the corporate resources. There's a whole bunch of things. We, we haven't talked about a lot of these, but there was like a example loop of Dolores, her logic structure, an example one for Teddy. Yeah, I uh, saw that. This week they said in the diagram below, they describe how there are hosts that are designated to bury the dead, the dead host that is, um, and that there are graves that are actually secretly tunnels that transport the bodies back to the, the mechanics. Um, and she, but they don't have a cum bot or a shit bot that cleans up the cum and shit. But that's the thing, like this logic. That so that's what we said. Like, why don't you have host bearing host? And right. They, ha- and they actually they had. Do. Yeah. They actually had the one in this PowerPoint. It's one step further, and that they bury them in specially marked graves. Mm-hmm. They have some kind of conveyor belt system that then takes them back into this loop, and then they get cleaned up and put back into service. Okay, right. Easy peasy. What the hell's up with the moon suit? Like my question is even bigger and brighter mm-hmm. uh why if you have hosts doing this the hosts don't worry about getting infected and getting covered with common blood and all that other stuff so just yeah why are you and i and then i do think that they can coordinate through the control room to probably not affect the guest experience somehow i guess if they, can they can coordinate do this in the middle of sweetwater yeah Right, if they can co- coordinate humans to go in they can coordinate the hosts, hosts. To go like in. in no circumstances it ever seem like the hosts could do an inferior job to the technicians. Right. And why you would have technicians not like, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like they're having, and unless these flashbacks to the men in has suits are more for when something really serious has gone wrong. Okay. Like, you know, humans involved in killings or robots going berserk. Like, they send the guys, like, the specialists in at those. And that would, I guess, make sense because the robots that have had these recollections all have had some kind of aberrant behavior. Mm -hmm. But unless they make that clear, I'm still very confused about the protocols of dealing with dead hosts. Uh, Michael C says, as soon as you guys started talking about robo racing last week in the most recent Westworld review, I had to respond. I'm not sure if it started yet, but there's an autonomous racing series in development. Below are a few articles on the cars and racing. They will be using real time algorithms and AI technology. If you want to know more about this, I did not know because I think this is super cool. Like, and I feel a little bit of Dr. Ford here and that I envisioned something and now it's real. Like I know there wasn't a cause and effect there, but Uh. You can't t- talk me out of it. It's FIAFormulae.com, all one word. Um, I got something super cool for you that was mentioned in the forums. Hit me. The DRL. Do you know what that stands for? The Droid Racing League. Drone Racing League. I knew League. about that. So yeah. they've got the flying drones, sure. which... It's much cool. cooler. It much is cooler. It is cool, but it's not the fact that humans are remote controlling it. Right. Is, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I want. I mean, no. That, that that's cool, but it's different than. Right. You know, it's the difference between like hockey, or it's the difference between playing soccer and foosball. Right. Okay. Like just because there's foosball in the world doesn't mean that soccer is irrelevant, and vice versa. Right. So I want. It's a test of human skill, not of drone, I want to drone see, intelligence. I want to see AI skill. Yeah. Right. And I'd like to see the maneuvers those AI could really pull off. Sure. Yeah. If you eliminate human reflexes, you're going to see some crazy ass flying. It's probably going to be really boring flying. Right. It'll be straight lines. It'll be no crashes. But the fact that the other robots are there too, like, you know, I I do think. And actively trying to get an edge on the other robots. And there are, like, yeah. And adapting to how they're flying. They're much faster than human reaction times, but just from, like, my experience of flying RC helicopters. There are millisecond delays in servo reactions and stuff like that too. So, like, if you can, yeah, if 
Because if you have a robot that has twice as good a reflex as the next one, then yeah, I, that's I still think I maybe I'm just a giant nerd. But I think that sounds cool. Lindsay S said, "I believe the host process the most important possess the most important components to under uh, to undergo evolution." We talked about evolution a little bit. Lindsay actually has a PhD in genetic evolution what? or evolutionary biology. I'm telling you, we're getting How? some. I, I, I at some point I feel like an obligation to read some of these because like I can't like you got a PhD in evolutionary biology and you're talking about evolution like right. I gotta talk about it right yeah and any speculation or information we have is going right. to be infantile right in comparison and I had to cut out like two pages of background information that I think is important to this conversation that we don't have time to read right but I'm gonna read as much as I can um, we wondered whether the evolution or the Westworld hosts would satisfy like the requirements of like evolution because we had the, what we called unnatural selection of or right. human directed selection versus natural selection yeah Lindsay says evolution requires that you have variation that that variation should be heritable uh and three that variation should lead to fitness differences relative to the population around it i will argue that we know that the westworld robot scenarios has met at least the first two conditions and probably eventually the third as well one variation is the fuel in which evolution acts. A population with no variation will never evolve because there's nothing you can select for. Right. In the biological population, this variation comes in the form of alleles, and with the host, it comes in the form of underlying code. This is why when Bernard confronts Ford and tells him there's a mistake in his code, Ford says he needs to allow him this. He says that evolution requires mistakes, i.e. variations. He also happens to mention that humans have thrown the yoke of evolution by natural selection. This leads us to understanding that Ford wants the robots to evolve, possibly for the sake of furthering human evolution, right. which I'm not so sure about. But therefore, he's deliberately set up scenarios in which evolution can happen. Two, heredibi- heredibility. Heredi- inheritability. I don't know how you say that. Yeah. I'm having the a bad The ability for week. it to be passed on, right? Variations in biological traits are heritable through genes. Organisms reproduce either sexually or asexually and pass on these traits if they survive. Robots can never produce... Or reproduce, so how can they pass on their variations in code? I think that someone, probably Ford or Arnold, made it so that some of the variations can be passed from one host to another through auditory phrases. We've seen this happen with these violent delights have violent ends. This right. is a demonstration of a heritability of the code variation. So she's saying, like we're saying in terms of this is infection, um, I guess you'd say this is almost an impregnation right. of, a, yeah. of a package of genetic data inside these, these robots that are inheriting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fitness differences. The inherited variances in code should confer an advantage to these robots relative to the robots around them in order to stick around. This is admittedly the hardest one to demonstrate, but I'll argue that we've already seen it with Dolores. Dolores is undergoing questioning, and perhaps she would be decommissioned or reprogrammed if Bernard did not like what he saw. This is like saying that the trait that Dolores has would be eliminated from the gene pool if an agent of selection selected against it. However, her trait allowed her to connect with Bernard over the pain of losing a loved one. Bernard liked that, so he allowed the trait to persist. This trait goes back out into the host population and is able to be inherited by Maeve. It doesn't matter if Dolores' father was taken out of the gene pool for having the same trait. The same trait gave Dolores an advantage in her specific environment and gave her father a disadvantage in his. Fitness is always relative to the environment and population around you. Uh, it is like this with biological life as well. So oh, no. a, a doctorate in evolution or biology says that the, the robots within Westworld have met at least two, if not three, of the requirements for heritability. Which 
practically guarantees I'll have five PhDs right. in evolutionary biology calling bullshit on what she just said. And we will read exactly one of them. Yes. And the topic yeah, will I, be closed. I, I don't want the lawyer, the lawyer situation <laughs> with Better Call Saul to happen right. again. <laughs> you know what this means, though, of course. What? That Maeve is actually talking to that bird. And we're going to have that bird squawking up a storm to all of the other bots. Oh, can you imagine a These bird? violent delights have yeah, violent land, ends, lands on your shoulder, The bluebird landing you, on your shoulder and you're Impregnates fucked. you. Yeah. Ugh. She where's is actually jizz, talking Where's your bird. jizz extracting robot in this scenario? We need a chat bird. <laughs> you need to become sentient. Um, uh, so here's here's something for wor- the worldwide audience that might feel left out of all the discoverwestworld.com hijinks. Go fuck... Oh, no. <laughs> Metal Monkey says, I live in Australia and watch Westworld through the only pay TV provider in the whole country, Foxtel, owned by Fox, which charges us far too much for what used to be ad-free TV and is now just as packed as FTA with crap, not to mention... Re- I, FTA? He go- Whoa. Okay. He goes off on a whole Australian rant about this shit, which seems pretty outrageous. FTA, future television Federal of television Australia. of Australia. All right. uh, my point here is that in Australia, if we try to go to discoverwestworld.com's website, fucking Foxtel hijacks a request from the Australia, and we go to their shitty site, which is all promotion and no content. Just thought it might be nice if you could mention for all your Aussie listeners that if you instead bookmark discoverwestworld.com slash question mark force US, you will not <laughs> be redirected or hijacked by fucking stupid Foxtel's Aussie Monopoly bullshit. This nice. probably works for any other country that redirects a page to their own country's distribution platform as well. So, there, I mean, that rarely happens. Like, I can count on one hand the times I've went to go see something for the BBC or Can- Canada, right. uh, Canada, and I've been redirected and be like, what the fuck do you mean I can't watch this because my geographic settings are fucked? Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you mean? I guess that happens with infuriating regularity around the world. So if you went to discoverwestworld.com and got redirected to some regional bullshit, try slash question mark force US, all one word, and uh, that's the that's the command word. It's because they're going to put Westworld in Australia. I don't know if you people are aware of this, <laughs> but Westworld takes place in Australia. Sure, sure. They don't want you guys to know about it. Sure. It's going to happen. It's happening right now. It's all underneath your giant rock. It's it's all of the 87 floors are underneath And when he says your, your giant rock, he means Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole damn continent. Yeah. Uh, Zoe In, my boyfriend, is an executive manager of a tech company. Is he an executive vice president? Is he the uh, top of middle management? Who promoted him? Yeah. The guy's probably a dick. Uh, he once recounted something I've re- he read uh, somewhere about how other management executives handled their new hire interviews. This guy, he told me, takes his interviews out to lunch. At the lunch, he stages a way for his or her guest's order to get messed up. Either it comes out too cold, chicken not fish, wrong sauce, whatever. When the order comes, he then observes how the potential hire handles the mistake. Will they send for the dish back, ask for a new one, or will they eat it without complaint? Those are the two most likely reactions with shades of personality in between. The point of the exercise is to put the person in a real-time, adverse situation and note how he or she makes the mildly challenging, uncomfortable decisions on the fly. I get the strong inclination that Logan has taken William on one of these long, elaborate promotional interviews. I know it might sound far-fetched, but if you think about how much Logan has brought up their careers, with a heavy emphasis on William's place in the company, how often he pushes him in directions where he doesn't want to go, and how he smiles when William decides to leave him behind and flee to Confederales with Dolores in Episode 5, I believe Logan is testing William. What do you think about that? 
Ah, uh, that's possible. Yeah, that lines up roughly with Logan's behavior. Hmm. Yeah, I because I've yeah I don't I I don't know if I want to talk about more about interview stuff, but uh, um, yeah, I think it's possible mm-hmm. that he's testing him and even probable. Um, but I don't know to what end like yeah. i guess this would this would be telling in the ed harris or the men in, man in black is actual william two timeline theory that you took this milk toast guy and through these experiences molded him into someone who would threaten to cut your nutsack off if you talk about his philanthropy philanthropy god damn philanthropy uh while he's on vacation mm-hmm. um, that's a lot of a lot of character growth sure that's a long a long road i think um, might even be worth the two timelines thing. Um, uh, if, if you wanted to explore that kind of, cause that's a thing, like it doubted the scope of most shows to show a person's natural evolution over their life. Right. Like you can have an extreme example of breaking bad where some violent event comes from outside a person's life and forces them to change. All right. Mm-hmm. But just like showing a person like having something happen in early life develop 30 years later, it's hard to explore in its context of a television series. Right. But I guess if you have dueling timelines, you could you could do that. Uh, Carrie and Tim want to know, could the voice the robots are hearing from the laser satellite implant... Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Could the voices the robots are hearing be from the satellite implant and not Arnold? So this is kind of like maybe what started me on my germ of an idea that these guys are receiving transmissions that um, it seems like the robots are or at least Dolores is increasingly hearing these voices coming from Arnold. Could it be that these are actually some rogue thing from outside the Westworld? And I feel like we've also kind of covered that. Do you have anything new to say? Not really. No. Um, Kate B uh, has some questions about how certain things are being portrayed on the show. Uh, First off, children. The creators of Grand Theft Auto series have said in interviews that a few times they added children and school buses to the game as random characters, but were so horrified by what happened in testing that the children and school buses were removed. Be honest, every time I see a child in the show, I cringe. I would love to hear you expand on this as either hosts or guests, as this seems like a not very family-friendly attraction. Are there a lot of... There's only one child, as far as I know. Um, well, the we saw creepy the Anthony Hopkins. No, 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 no. Kid. We saw that that uh, one oh, the girl. Uh, black yeah, family. Yeah. Well, and also the black family had a little boy. Well, I think they were. Said, I think they were guests. Yeah, no, no, yeah. They were hosts. Okay, okay. You're talking about. I'm sorry. So yes, there's been several examples of children At least in two, the park, right? Um, that are their hosts. There's also mm-hmm. we know children and families broadly in the park. It does seem insane that like it seems like Sweetwater should be like your fucking. Dollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, there is nothing offensive in Sweetwater. You go five miles down the road, you get to what we see as Sweetwater, which you got a whorehouse and a saloon, and people are rooting and tooting and shooting. Mm-hmm. It's weird that Sweetwater, as as crazy as it becomes, and they can't control for everything. Like, if you're having a, a breakfast in the saloon or whatever, or staying at that hotel, and some guy decides to whip out his gun and shoot a bunch of dudes and blow their heads off, there's yeah. nothing you can do to protect nope. your family from seeing that. No. So... Except don't bring him to Westworld in the first I'm kind of with Kate. Like, I don't know that I would ever bring my 10-year-old to Westworld. Yeah. Like, maybe no, when I'm he's 16. You. I don't but... know why you would bring a fucking kid. The same way you wouldn't let a kid play GTA. Like, but it's but the thing is is there's no need for I guess like GTA has an open world that's cool 
aside from its crime storyline, and Westworld is that only more so. So, like, why wouldn't you create more of a social space that's family-friendly so that people can, sure, you got to go take a stagecoach that takes 15 minutes to get to the adult part of the park, but it's weird that they start off in, like, an NC-17 area of the park that then just gets scarier and more mature. Yeah, I guess they're limiting their market. Yeah. Artificially. They they could build a part of the park to be kid-friendly. She also wants to talk about the quote-unquote big units. There's so much talk about... Whoa, mo- whoa, whoa. Is this... is Did Elsie write in? <laughs> uh, there's so much talk about models and society beauty, standard, beauty standards and how it affects women and girls, but now in Westworld, there are lots of naked hosts with massive endowments. She's actually... Okay, actually talking about big units. You guys seem pretty liberal and sensitive. Do you think when the penises show um, that are so extremely large it causes men trouble? <laughs> No, you laugh, but I get, I know. Sure, yeah, no, that's fair. That's I mean, a fair question. Like, just so I feel like society's come around to the fact that, like, you know, uh, what the the plight of the girl with the small busts, or if you've right. got your chubby, or you know, or flat you, bottom, you don't have, a, or like, it, you don't you don't meet the society's ideal of beauty. But for whatever reason, and this is one of the, yeah, I talked about this in our twenty million celebration downloads that. Um, I do think there's a lot of like men's issues that arise from, you know, feminism and whatnot. And part of it is like I my heart goes out to dudes with like micro penises. Yeah, micro penis wouldn't be fun. Because like it's still this thing where society can it's just a butt you're just a butt of jokes. And like you right. the, the the implication is you can never satisfy a woman. Right. Now that's not true. There's lots of, there's just lots of ways you can satisfy a woman without having a penis at all. If you want like to like, uh, I'll put lesbians up, up there as, as evidence that that can happen. Mm-hmm. But yet there's still this thing that like the guys that don't have, and not, not just like, I mean, that's, that's weird things. Just like you, when, when you interview women and you ask them like, are you fat or not? Even women that are meet society standards for fitness and beauty say that they're fat. Right. Most dudes with dead average penises would say they are on the small side because you go out in porn and every dude's got a nine or ten inch dong and you right. go in Westworld and like, oh, look at this guy with a fucking giant banana cock. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't say anything other than it seems like a double standards and it seems like bullshit and Jim is giggling like a schoolgirl. I can't help it, He's man. part of the problem. You say, you say nine inch dong, you say banana cock. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to giggle. It's like my father used to yell at me. But he would use these colorful metaphors, right. and I would be, like, struggling, like, I can't laugh, I can't I am, laugh. I am a seven-year-old. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've never heard someone say that I'm one to, your ass is grass, and I will be the lawnmower. That's pretty <laughs> fucking funny. I shouldn't laugh, because I'm going to get a beating, but... Yep, you can get um, mowed. I, yeah, I mean, it's fucked up. What do you want me to say? It's... it's bad. But the thing is, it's... Um, you know, like the, I, it's the same way like men victim of domestic abuse. It happens, but it's right. a joke. It's like male mm-hmm. victims of, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 a teenage boy gets uh, raped by his teacher because, you know, minors can't get consent. Right. But it's like seen as a high five. I mean, it, it's 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 very weird and bizarre to me. Um, and I think there's a lot of way, reasons it's understandable and why there's a backlash against one and not the other. And I'm not like, oh, my God, this is – but but it is it is interesting. And it is bullshit. And I feel like in 30 years it will be – like you go back and watch Westworld, it will be just as embarrassing as watching like Porky's or you know, Revenge of the Nerds is today. Like there's like really cringy shit in that. And 30 years from now we'll probably be looking at that as some of the cringy shit. Yeah. So. 
I mean, there's also, you know, the idea that everyone in Hollywood is kind of more beautiful than the average person anyway. Sure. And so when you're when you're selecting the dongs, you're selecting the sure. boobs. Right. You're going to select for the big ones and the nice ones, the round ones. Like you're not you're not going to get the the shriveled and the strange looking like Sure. Unless that's what you're going for specifically, right. so right, like there's like you know to some extent like Game of Thrones, you, they're throwing an average body or two, but these robots are all human perf- ideals of perfect bodies. Uh, really? Did you see some I'm, of the cold storage? Oh, stuff okay, happening? okay, okay. I'm not talking about like the axe chopper. I'm talking about right, okay. the yeah, yeah. Okay, you got me. The love interests. The yeah. But but I mean in Hollywood in general, right? They're selecting for beauty. They're selecting sure. for these ideals that people have. And right. maybe, only only in Hollywood can are... Anne Hathaway be the you know nerdy girl who gets right. transformed to a prince. Like no, Anne Hathaway's gorgeous. Okay, right. You know, only Julia Roberts could be a fifty dollar backstore whore that gets swept off her feet right. by uh, you know Jean Gear. What's his name? Uh, Jean yeah. Gearhead. Jean yep. Jean Garay. Uh, I. I'm having a bad Richard Gear. Richard Gear, yeah. thank you. I'm having a bad, even by my standards, week with this goddamn podcast. And, and that's not to say that that's not fucked up, too. No, no, but, you're, you're right. But it's kind of that's what you get when you put dongs on a screen. Yes, you're going to get extra large dongs. You're going to get extra large breasts. You're going to get and and here's extra I'll, I'll put some bottoms. Everyone like, says how liberal Hollywood is, which is true. But there's a shit ton of people that are only liberal because that's how they grew up. They have not spent a goddamn mm. minute actually thinking about what it means to be progressive and liberal. Sure, so you'll yeah, get a guy who like Nolan, like Nolan, um, Nolan Ryan. What Bush the hell Nail? is going on with me? Nolan Bushnell, uh, Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Cri- God, which, which is, Nolan brother? You're making fun of a person with a mental illness right now. I just want you to. Know, I'm asking which Nolan brother? The, the one that works on the show. Okay, Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan Nolan would probably would probably tell you at length of why it's wrong to objectify women's bodies, and he throws in a small dick joke. Because has he really thought about the issue? Sure. Or has he just reflectively? Oh yeah, that's like uh, obviously the people I run with think that this is an important issue. So yeah. That's the thing. Like, a lot of Hollywood, yeah, they're liberal, but they're, like, kind of airhead liberal, not, like, with any substance to it. They do point out that that is an especially large dong that Elsie is witnessing, too. Sure. She seems to recognize but the fact all that women, this is So that's the thing. Average. So all women got to have a 10-inch dong to be satisfied. I think most women would probably well, she cringe she say, boy, I couldn't be satisfied by anything less than that. <laughs> She's like, you have considerable skill. <laughs> Considerable talents, or whatever she says. Yeah, yeah, that's a, but, this yeah. special pleading. Sure. Um, anyway, Dylan A. Uh, a lot of discussion regarding a host's emerging consciousness and how it revolves around what's morally acceptable to do to them and how it would we would feel doing it to a human. The general consensus seems to be that what the guests do to the host is wrong, or at least morally ickly, ick, icky. My question mm. is, is it morally wrong to do things like murder and violence to immortal beings? Most laws we have are created. This is an interesting way to take this. Well, uh, you can't you can't murder an immortal being, right? That's not possible. Uh, most laws we have are created to protect our fragile and limited bodies from permanent harm or lifelong scarring. In other words, if humans were immortal and had the ability to delete unpleasant memories or not actually feel pain, they would it be wrong to be violent towards each other. Look at movies like The Avengers, where it's played for a laugh when immortal characters like Thor is violently punched through a wall by the Hulk. No one is upset about the assault since Thor is immune to harm from the punch. This is similar to some kids in high school who lightly punch each other in the arm, but no one is worried since the punch does essentially no damage. Not sure if the show will get to this, but it seems like just as it's flawed to assign human values to unconscious robots like Ford warns Bernard against, it's 
equally as wrong to assign human values to conscious beings that appear human but are almost no way human. Uh, so I guess this so is a new can, wrinkle that yeah. regardless of con- – because no one's going to argue that Thor is not consciousness. But if the Hulk punches right. him, it's kind of like the Roadrunner getting a boulder um, crushed on him by the – or, or the wily coyote getting crushed by a boulder chasing after it, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. he's going to be he's going to crawl out and he's going to be flat as a pancake and he's going to blow on his thumb and pff, he'll be right as rain. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes me think of that book we read a while back, the uh, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, mm-hmm. which is like a post singularity book where all humans are and in, in uploaded to this unimaginably vast supercomputer and we only exist as simulations and. People do. They do murder each other and kill each other, and it's it's kind of all in good fun and seen as an art form. Like, they got this thing called death jockeys where they try to kill themselves in increasingly interesting ways, and they, like, it's a pay-per-view phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, that's, that's interesting because you're right. That the, all requires consent. Now, now, it's interesting what he says about the memory stuff, though, too, because – you know, part of part of the damage it has done is emotional trauma, right? Um, with these these sorts of events, you know, aside from murder, uh, if you can completely eliminate that part of it, uh huh. Like you, I, I still think you need some consent to, for instance, uh, physically abuse someone, like right. uh, what one of these bots. Um, you would still need consent, but then if they could delete it. It's just interesting because you're right. A lot of what we consider immoral and amoral is is taken from the fact that we are beings with mortal bodies that can be to be damaged and be traumatized. If we right. had invulnerable bodies, then you know, like I said, like I bet people get in more fights if it was more fun. Essentially, mm-hmm. like if you lived in. Uh, you know, uh, Asgard or Thor and everyone got drunk and started slugging each other at the tables and it's like, who cares because we're all immortal gods. Like, your concept of assault and even consent would probably be very different. Right. Because if you can't be traumatized, you can't be hurt, then there's no harm, I mean, there's no harm, no foul. Like, today we tell children there are other when they're crying involved. about something, like, why, you know, did you, did you, are you hurt? Did you, mm-hmm. like, if not, then what the fuck is going on here? So... I don't. That's that's interesting, and that's an ethical wrinkle that I I, I haven't really wrestled with. Yeah, no, I think I, you're I never right. Thought about you, it because because like it's not it's not cool to annoy a person. Like if you just <laughs> right. followed them and like you know uh-huh. the, the classic like I'm not touching you. Like if you did that as an adult, like I don't know if that's illegal. It's, but it, it, it's harassing. Yeah, it's like, harassment. You, you call yeah. them like this guy won't leave me alone. The cops will be like, you need to move it along. We're going to take you in, buddy. Yeah. So like there's the concept of someone just being annoying, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, like, I don't know what that does to assault and battery. And... Yeah, and a lot of actions have, like, a cost that goes along with them. Like, if you have to sure. pay to replace your body parts or something, like, sure. that would be a cost that would have to be, you know, covered by the person abusing you. Right. Even in a consensual situation, I would think. But, yeah, that's, hmm. I've never thought about it. All right, the biggest, most important question we'll consider, and the final one, Jordan L. At discoverwestworld.com, I asked the question, can I eat the animals? The response was, Westworld will very literally satiate your every hunger. For every meal, you'll have access to a variety of cuisines designed to cater to every type of palate. If you'd like to go the rustic route, hunting in the park is unparalleled. We will also accommodate all allergies and dietary restrictions. Satiated yet? Ask me about something else. He asked, since the animals, aside from flies, are hosts, this means that you can hunt and eat the robotic animals, right? Would you eat a robotic animal? 
It actually means you could probably eat the people. You could you could you could hunt and eat Kissy or sure. yeah. Billy or Teddy or Flo, all of them. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody listening, but I don't really have a desire to eat human flesh. I don't either. So, but you, like, would you if try it was it? a robot in human form, I still. I might try it because that's. I think like, we asked if that it were presented, the, would you like to try some human flesh? Someone, some. Uh, so I think not? I think one of the bipacks guys brought this up when we were drinking one night. They're like, if you have like fully synthetic human flesh, right? And someone offered it to, you, would you try it? I I need to know the origin of the meat. <laughs> you don't want like the bodies exhibit where you find out that's like, oh my god, I paid fifty dollars to see a bunch of condemned Chinese prisoners right. that are exhibited against their will. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, yeah. But would. if I, but if I go out and hunt it. In Westworld, I know the origin, yes. It, so, especially if you scalp them and see the authentic man, man in a maze tattoo, right? Um, but I wouldn't. That's not an experience I would seek out if it were presented to me, and I could, I could right. verify the authenticity and origin of it. Maybe, yeah. But hun- I don't know. And like, hunting like a horse or a rabbit or a fly, yeah, why not? I mean, I guess like um, some hunt, like there's people that like to hunt, and like yeah. I guess it would be interesting. I, I wonder, um, man, it seems like there'd be. You do gangbusters like doing lion and elephant hunts, like the Westworld. That's the sure. thing. It's like Westworld always seems like a limiting concept, um, which is the original movie had right. a lot of other worlds, and they haven't really hinted at that much for for this. But I mm-hmm. don't know. I I'd probably eat a robotic animal. Sure. Yeah. And uh, what? Where? Where do you draw the limits? Do you eat robotic insects? Do you eat? No, I don't. I do have noticed. I wouldn't cute eat something. Faced I'd, robotic animals. Like I would, a cat. I would eat Mickey Mouse. I would fucking kill him. He would be asking me, ha, ha, why, why? And I'd just beat him to death, and I'd eat him. I'd take a big old bite out of his fucking mouse ear. Yeah. Uh, eat, eat his lips off. Right in front of Minnie. Right in front oh, of Minnie. Oh, man. Can I get that to happen? Can like what's, Again, this is too limiting. Can you make an, an android Mickey Mouse that I can beat to death and eat? That's where. <laughs> that's what I need to get my jollies, <laughs> right. Dr. Ford. That's what you need to get my 40000 a day. Yep. Uh, all right, we've got to that point in the podcast where I think it's time to hang it up. There's a couple I didn't get to because of time um, and the fact – not just time. When I say time, it's like I needed more time to wrap my head around the things. Like there was two people that wrote us in about Native American, especially like Hopi culture and how they have this concept, uh, the man in the maze concept um, that has this giant Wikipedia article. And there's like all this stuff and like I didn't have time to wrap my head around the theory to present it in a – way on the podcast so uh i might be able to package that up better next week but uh again if i didn't read any it wasn't because it wasn't interesting this goes for everyone's email it's just all what did i have time to read comprehend and and what we were discussed in the main topic so mm-hmm. uh if you'd like to run the westworld gauntlet uh if you'd like to get to try to get get to the middle of the maze uh, you can send in feedback to westworld at baldmove.com or our forums forums.baldmove.com to conversations there are crazy like there's crazy detailed and sprawling and people ready to argue whatever theory you want hunt any animal with you uh so you can always get an outlet there uh that's it until next week yeah we'll see you then right bye